Here we go. So, uh, welcome to 200 a day. The normally Nathan does these openings. Welcome no, to 200 we're in, a day. We're in your house. <laughs> now we're being recorded. Uh, welcome to 200 a day, the podcast about the 70s detective TV show, The Rockford Files. I am Epidiah Ravishaw. And I'm Nathan Poletta. Yay. See, your job isn't so hard. <laughs> Let's introduce, we should introduce our guest star, right? Or yeah. should we explain what we're doing? No, we should We should make sure that everybody knows that we have a very special guest. Hi, this is Emily Kierbos. Yes. I get to uh, talk about Rockford with these guys today. <laughs> yeah. Hooray. And we've had you on the, uh, the show before. A triumphant return. Yes. <laughs> so anyways, Nathan has been traveling and... Uh, Wound up on our doorstep for, mm-hmm. I don't know, just spur of the just, moment. Just for fun. Just you didn't fun. even, much like Angel knocking on yes. Jim's, Jim's door. Yeah, and so we've decided we're going to try and do... We've been deciding in real time how we're going to do this. But I think what we've decided is we, the three of us, are going to watch an episode. We're going to watch one of the movies. In fact, I'm going to go get the movies and I'll tell you which episode... <laughs> Uh, continue. Right, so we're going to watch uh, the next TV movie that we haven't seen yet, so it'll be new to all of us, right? From the 90s, right? Yes. Because those aired on TV in a two-hour TV movie slot, there are commercial breaks. And so I believe that Epi has stolen this idea from other podcasts. From Laser Discotech. Shout out to Laser Discotech, uh, fans of the show. So we're going to watch, and then we're going to kind of we're going to pause when there's an obvious commercial break and come back and discuss and then go back to the show. So this is not a, a uh, not a riff track. This is not a commentary track. Right. Um, yeah. We won't be doing it live. Right. But what we'll do is when we pause it, we'll say the time code okay. where we pause it at so that you can listen to this part, <laughs> pause it, mm-hmm. watch it up to that time code. Right. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. I think that'll Let's- work. Let's do that. <laughs> the movie is Godfather Knows Best, right? We haven't watched that one yet. Is that the fourth one? It is, yes. Then that's the next one on our Family list. Family Duty calls when Jim must come to the aid of his troubled godson, Ooh. who is accused of murdering a high-profile fashion designer. Mm. That is not what I expected with Godfather <laughs> Knows Best. Well, perhaps it gets more complicated. Yeah. All right. So we're going to do uh, uh, just a real-time intro to this episode godfather knows best we got to look them up on the imdbs right of course do what we normally do here okay so here's the here's the intro from or here's the summary from imdb which i think rounds out that out for an evening of fun jim finds dennis's son homeless on the street after giving him some money lining up an apartment and getting him a job jim soon finds out much to Dennis's dismay that there's more wrong with Scotty than simply being on hard luck. So, Scotty, I'm checking right now. So this is, I mean, we have encountered Dennis's son, Scott, on the show before. Who is... Who Jim was told was <laughs> named after him, Jim Scott Rockford, but his name is not actually a reference to Jim. Dennis just told Jim that to make him, <laughs> make him feel good. Or guilty. Or guilty. So it does not appear that this actor, Damien Chapa, who plays Scotty in this, is the same actor who played Scotty on the Rockford Files. Right. Which so is probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how much of a role this person plays, but Jim O'Hare, who was mm-hmm. 
Jerry slash Gary on Parks and Rec. Oh. Seems to be among the cast. In oh, this episode. so he or has been—he has been in one of the movies before. Oh, okay. He is the television oh. repairman or the cable guy. Oh. So I'm wondering if he'll be the, in the same first character. movie. Yeah, I don't know. He's head chef here, so oh, maybe not. Unless maybe. our cable guy has really <laughs> come up. Player, yes. Yeah, come up in the world. They're, so they're still—they're still using their old techniques <laughs> of reusing actors and. Fear not, because there are at least two people credited here as Sicilian Hitman. Oh, good. So, <laughs> I think we will be good yeah. on our uh, references. And it looks like Angel will be in it, looks as like. well as Dennis. That's lovely. Yeah. And Peggy. Oh, good. Okay. I was just awesome. wondering about that. So this is directed by Tony Warmby, who we have not encountered before, I believe. He directs this one, and it looks like the next one. Oh, okay. Uh, Jack Gardner is going to be in this, so that's good. Always always welcome. Um, this director did do a couple episodes of Magnum P.I., so at least he has some <laughs> bona fides. He's worked with Lance White. Coming in the door. I've got a, a site here that shows um, locations where it was mm. shot. Uh, uh, Rock, Rockford Files filming locations.blogspot.com. Must be, yeah. <laughs> One of our favorites. Santa Monica Place, Pacific Towing, and mm-hmm. Wacky Wax Cart, whatever mm. that is. Uh, this is a David Chase yeah. script, which I think we haven't. he hasn't done any of the movies before this, I think. So that's exciting. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Now that we've looked on IMDb for you. Yes. <laughs> I'm just going to... <laughs> preemptively bring up uh, my inflation calculator because mm-hmm. I use that every episode mm-hmm. to remind we everyone. We have to set that, it to 1996. Yes. <laughs> so it's not nearly as dramatic. Yeah, it isn't. But uh, he's still asking 200 a day. So that's... Maybe. Haven't... There was, wasn't there a joke in one of the movies about like how much are you asking these days but they've never actually oh, said? Yeah. I feel like that's a thing. All right. So... Um, now the inflation is at about six uh, 63.5 percent so a dollar mm-hmm. is six dollars or a, a dollar is one dollar and 64 cents okay uh, but I, all right let me put this in in numbers that that we can understand so a little more than one and a half times two hundred dollars is three hundred and twenty seven dollars great yeah that's all okay all right all right so good. we have a nice baseline yeah <laughs> um, Emily. Have you been keeping up with the Rockford Files as we've been going through our journey? Here and there. Not everyone. But um, I I watched a whole bunch of them. How many seasons think, did we watch? I think we've seen day? all of them together. Oh, okay. So, uh, I mean, spoiler, Emily's <laughs> <Hi>. my wife. <laughs> so I've watched a lot of Rockford Files with her. I thought we had X number of seasons that were available to us, and then they went off of whatever this was. Oh, you're right. And then we have to circle back around because now... Yeah, every all of them. Yeah, um, thanks so I to the show. I haven't seen everything, mm-hmm. but I remember I had seen a couple of the Marino ones, and uh, mm-hmm. so. But I have watched. I think the first two of the movies. Yeah, I think I was so. Particularly yeah. Particularly partial to the Angel Starts a Cult, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, <laughs> the second one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, a blessing in disguise. <laughs> yes. It's just, just delightful. Uh, mm-hmm. God, just looking at the. I'm sorry. I just this picture of Angel in the chain link fence mm-hmm. on the back mm-hmm. of the. It's extremely good. Yeah, I love seeing these these old people. 
<laughs> right. So that one was, per- I mean, that was a very fun one. And I think that one was really great in particular because they captured the chemistry of all the actors. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. everyone just, I, mean, I feel like we talk about this every time with the movies, but in case you're new and haven't heard <laughs> us do a movie before, um, they may, they, they were able to basically bring back not only the cast, but a lot of the crew for a lot of these, um, for these movies. And so the production process apparently was very much like a warm, like everyone's coming back to the old, like yeah. the old family reunion. Get together. Yeah. yeah Cause people getting the band back together. People took jobs that they had, uh, they had gone out of, yeah, they'd gone oh. up in their careers and then they would so come, they back come back and be like, yeah, assistant director or wow. like, yeah, be a grip or something <laughs> like, you know, moonlighting from their like lighting technician director job or something. Um, yeah. And the actors, of course, all are fantastic and just like slip right into all of those roles that we know and love. So it sounds like this is going to be a very Becker, Jimmy yeah. Beckery. Yeah, that's good. Kind of thing, which is nice. So, so far, so the first one was very much just Jim. Jim in L.A. Like that and was L.A. The was the other character. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. 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 That was with the fires and earthquakes. Yeah. yeah. And the second one was definitely Jim and Angel. Yeah. And then the third one was where Beth came back after right. many, many years of hiatus because of the contractual stuff of the later seasons. Uh, the last of the studio stars. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was really about Jim and Beth, but like the fact that she was there, that was yeah, that moved the gravity to yeah. like the emotional heart was. <clears throat> she was very much involved with that, but that's also where we got the immortal line from Dennis Becker. Did you know that bees <laughs> die of <laughs> loneliness? <laughs> <laughs> remains one of my favorite moments <laughs> in all of television history. I don't know. It's just so out of nowhere. It's, well, they do. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that was the third one. That was at the frame fits. Yeah. Um, uh, right. Because he gets framed with the by the murder of the other PI. And then the CIA is involved. And that was a very classic Rockford plot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how this one goes down. So you're not going to pause this now. You're going to pause this in a moment after we tell you at what point we pause the movie. Oh, I hear the jangle of our fourth uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. participant yeah, our, tonight. If there's any excited barking happening, then uh, my good boy, O'Henry, has decided to add his voice to the <laughs> to the recording. He's currently digging in the couch. So yeah, he'll, he'll find something he'll there. He'll find a spot. Yeah, he loves Rockford Files. He watches <laughs> with me when I take my notes. Um We'll go now and start it. Yeah. And then we'll come back at the first break. Yeah, we'll come back at the first break. We'll see how long that was. Yeah. And then you'll pause it. <laughs> and then you'll watch it. And then you'll come back and listen to us talk about that that very first part. Or just our reactions. Obviously, we can't tell you about the entirety of the... Right. Because we have never seen it. This is fresh eyes. We'll see how it goes. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, 17 minutes. Mm-hmm. And you should pause. Hello, listeners. We really appreciate you being here, and we want to make sure that you know that you can become a patron over at patreon.com slash 200 a day. In addition to episode previews and access to the 200 a day Rockford Files file spreadsheet, our patrons get plus expenses, a bonus podcast where we talk about movies we're watching, books we're reading, and games we're playing. 200 a day will remain free to all for as long as we do it. 
But if you want to help support us and get access to the new Plus Expenses audio feed, you can become a patron for just $1 an episode. Each episode, we extend a special thanks to our gumshoe-level patrons. This time, we say thank you to Jim Crocker. In addition to supporting the show, he also sells our games at conventions east of the Mississippi. See where to find him at Jim Likes Games on Twitter. Shane Liebling. If you play games online, you know you should check out his free dice rolling app, Roll for Your Party, at rollforyour.party. Kevin Lovecraft. Hear him on the RPG Actual Play podcast, the Wednesday evening podcast all-stars, over at misdirectedmark.com. Jay Adon. Check out his amazing miniature painting over at jadon.com. Dylan Winslow, Dale Norwood, Dave P., Dale Church, and finally, big thanks to Victor DeSanto and our detective patrons. Check them out on Twitter, Eric and Tenor, at Antenor, Brian Pereira at Thermoware, Bill Anderson at BillAnd88, and of course, Richard Haddam at Richard Haddam. We follow them too at 200pod. Help out the show by leaving a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts, tell a friend who you think would like it, and check out patreon.com slash 200 a day to see if becoming a patron is right for you. And now you're back. So, um, yeah. so yeah, how do we handle this now? Normally we do a little like recap. Yeah. recap. Well, maybe we'll just uh, uh, so the high. We'll just do the high level, and then maybe uh, talk about the things that jumped out to each of us sure. as yeah. interesting or remarkable things. What has happened in our first seventeen minutes? So um, we Jim, have, we have a opening montage of homelessness in L.A. Mm, right, like yes. that's the uh, or. Sorry, I shouldn't say opening montages because that means something very specific to <laughs> our show. But there is like under the opening credits, the yeah. sequence that we saw yeah. established various people. Yeah, right. So in a public place, <laughs> starting off at the wacky wax. Yeah, we got to see the wacky wax right off the bat. <laughs> okay, what? What is it? What is a wacky wax? <laughs> so the woman stuck her hand in the vat of wax, like for then it looked, wasn't that hot, and then looked delighted. <laughs> but it was just like covering her arm. What? The, what do you do with that? But the two of you reacted to that in a way like I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> I only I'm, noticed because M had. Called it out from the, the location. Locations block. Oh, that's real, right. Yes, it's like a real business, a real or something business from that from wacky Santa Monica wax. where they shot. So, huh? Well, that's wacky. Now, okay, well, if okay. Any viewers out there are familiar with wacky wax? <laughs> let, us know. Us. Yeah. Yeah. let us know. Yeah, let us know. I've poured like candle wax and did like molds of mm. my palm or something like that, yeah. where you could see like the little grooves, but I've never stuck my whole hand in melted wax. Or paid someone to stick your hand in melted wax. Yeah. It, it, seemed like a, it seemed like a carnival stand of mm-hmm. some it kind. Did, so, I don't know. Maybe you get a prize? <laughs> it's wacky. It sure was wacky. It was wacky. Um, so, so far, we've had a lot of very relevant to today themes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're setting off the, uh, starting off with this uh, picture of the panhandling and uh, homelessness Mm-hmm. In Santa Monica, um, and then Jim enters because he's leaving a movie, oh, yeah. a film version of the brief, based on the book, right? Based on Beth's book that, yeah. as we know from the last movie, he didn't like, which I had, I had completely forgotten about <laughs> until I saw his face coming out of this, and I was like, oh, he didn't care for that movie. And then when I realized that it, when it became evident that it was based on Beth's book, I was like, 
<gasps> yeah. Oh, I remember. That well, was a scene. That was a whole is, thing. And then he has the one-liner at the barbecue where he says that the, the movie was better paced than the book. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> ouch, ouch, ouch. What um, is going on? But, uh, yeah, so he leaves this movie theater, runs into Angel first. Yeah, and I yeah. love that, of course, when he sees Angel, he tries to get away. With yes. <laughs> um, and then sees... Uh, who turns out to be Scotty, mm-hmm. his godson, Dennis Becker's son, um, who is indeed panhandling and homeless. Yes. And Angel, that pillar of the community, <laughs> yes, <laughs> makes some cutting remarks about people. He calls him uh, like a, a vermin on, on the, the body. body politic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> goodness. Yikes. So this sets off our, our story thus far. Uh, Jim is trying to help out Scotty, uh, so it gives him... Hundred bucks. Hundred bucks. Yes. Yeah. Well, they look like a hundred. Yeah. He comes back. He gives him some money oh, to right. start off with, and then when Angel says some <laughs> stuff, he gives him change along with it, which was a little <laughs> weird, but okay. And then then he comes back with a hundred dollars, which again we'll know that's a hundred and sixty-three dollars somewhere around there, <laughs> and fifty cents. But anyways, um, but he's done more than that because because right. he arranged a room. Yes. He's, I mean, his, the, his. And a job. Yeah. yeah. His thing is, you know, oh, you're homeless. Oh, you don't have a job. I will help you yeah. with these things. Um, and so he arranges for a short term rental at a, at a, at a sketchy motel where first we went, is that Angel? And then <laughs> when he opened the door, it turns out, huh, apparently Angel runs and or manages a hotel. Uh, yes. Or a, a motel. Uh, specifically. Um, and Jim also hooks him up with a, uh, menial job at the, uh, at the restaurant in Paradise Cove. Across the parking lot from his, uh, from his trailer. From his trailer, yeah. It seems like, yeah. Now, during that time when Scotty really didn't work very much, <laughs> he made a comment about, um, engineers? Was he joking? I think he was, he was joking with the guy. Or so, did he go to school? Right. Okay. No, no, no. Because they're working in the water. So yeah. he was just saying, look at us hydraulic engineers. Okay. Like right. he was just right. The a- job, the job that he's given isn't working in the restaurant. It's, the guy needs someone to clear the like drainage ditch behind the restaurant yeah, that's full of trash like. and like human waste. Yeah. Uh, and he assigns this guy from uh, El Salvador who doesn't speak very good English, and Scotty, who then has a soliloquy about how the American dream died with our grandparents. Yeah. And this is what we have to you know to look forward to now. It cuts to the bone hearing that from 1996. Yeah, right. yeah. Here we are well, in 2019. And also, very specifically, it's contrasting Scott right. with, with this guy, with this uh, presumably an immigrant from El Salvador, who's saying, for me, this is a great job. Like, I'm fine. Like, this is better than my other options. And Scotty's like, this is, like, we're getting, we're going to get E. coli. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there's some business going on here that maybe this will... Become more clear. Become more clear. But right, there are meaningful looks between this guy and Scotty. Mm-hmm. And at first I thought, oh, Scotty knows him. But then this guy doesn't act like he knows Scotty yeah. except for that first look. Mm-hmm. But Scotty knows he's from El Salvador. I think he, like, recognizes his accent. It could be. Maybe. Yeah. So there's, there's some implication. Yeah. There's something going on. 
I think there's something. Like, obviously. That book might have just been they both realized they weren't going to be working in the restaurant. Or that's when yeah. Scotty realized. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to be waiting. I'm yeah, or I'm not washing dishes. dishes. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the backstory as established for Scott, cause, cause Jim asks him what happened and then Jim talks to Dennis, who is working at a second job, right. uh, yes. working security at a, concert. at a concert venue where he specifically references Hole. Yeah. Yes, he does. <laughs> and Courtney Love. And Courtney, Courtney Love. Love, yeah. Which is, Amazing. Um, and then New Age concert. That yeah, yeah it was with like harps. Celtic harps. Yeah. Yeah, which, New Age with harps is something Celtic. And so 90s. Was it Clonaut? It could have been Clonaut. That's what I'm hoping. You can say it. They'll have beer in a headcanon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but to pay off one of Scotty's debts, right? Like this yeah. is so Scott, I guess, has had a string of failed business ventures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and apparently the big one is uh, some kind of kayak rental business. Where his part, and this was all from the conversation with Dennis, and I feel like this is the the, the, the locus of maybe where the story is going to go. Yeah. But um, uh, he had a partner in this kayak rental business who's basically suing him for, or threatening to sue for his half because the business went belly up and he blamed Scott. Mm-hmm. Like some, and there's some, and some equipment disappeared. Or yeah, something. It probably got stolen. Right. Uh, yeah. Scotty says it got stolen, I think, <laughs> but. The partner claims that Scotty sold Stole it. it. Yeah, and sold it. And so it seems like Dennis is paying off Scotty's debt to that partner. Yeah. And so that's why he's working this like $9 an hour, yeah. like concert guard gig after Nine, hours. $9 an hour. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to tell you that. Uh, <laughs> that that wage hasn't changed since 1996. Yeah, yeah. oh. oh, boy. Um, there was another business mentioned, not in this scene, but um, in another one. The Jack Kerouac the Museum. The Jack Kerouac. The oh. Traveling Jack Kerouac Museum, oh which was an 18-foot trailer. Right. That was uh, one with the truck hitch thing. That that's yeah. There were two about. things that went wrong. Yeah. One of them was the hitch didn't work, and the other was, oh, he forgot to get the rights from the, yeah. the estate. Yeah. It's, a, it's a classic <laughs> It's a classic Disney-Sony <laughs> Spider-Man <laughs> trip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Scott had had problems with these business ventures, and uh, at no point, though, obviously Dennis and Peggy, because we mm-hmm. get to see Peggy, yeah, who is always Peggy. a joy, and is exactly the same. Yeah, as in no, like, she's great. Yeah, in the 70s, like same sweater over her shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, they know that he's in financial trouble. Yeah. But the fact that he's homeless, he's kept from them. Yeah. And so we, we we ended our first segment with at a, with with Jim after a nice barbecue dinner with um, with his brother Jack, <laughs> uh, who was a, a, a police captain who was yeah. there for fun, yeah. telling them and Dennis being real mad. First, absolutely saying it couldn't be true, right. and then saying, "Why didn't you tell me?" Yeah. So yeah, and um, we actually did see Scotty at the dinner. Yes. And there was an exchange of money and some heartfelt hugs. Yes. Yeah, so Dennis is clearly paying Scotty some money for something, probably not for what Scotty is telling. Says what it is. Yeah. And this whole thing is also, and Scott has a room at their house. Like, yeah. Scott could be living there. Right, yeah. Some, some stuff that he said to Jim indicates that he's, you know, isn't very happy with his parents, his, uh, 
he had a comment about like there, Jim was trying to reminisce about a fishing trip. Yeah. And he had a comment about like, Oh, was my dad even there? Or was he off chasing the hillside strangler? Yeah. Um, so it seems like, you know, obviously Scotty is not, doesn't feel like his parents, you know, have always been there for him or support him. And there's a wedge there. And, the, and this is like a classic tale of that era, which is all we see of Dennis is that he's always working. He's always working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in order to pay off, Scotty's debts yeah. in order to like support the family. And then of course the, the, the dilemma is, is that Scotty, he's sort of blaming the fact that he didn't spend much time with his dad for where he's at right. and what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, so far so good. I'm hooked. Yeah. I mean, they had me from the harmonica <laughs> at the very right. beginning. Like interpolated harmonica yeah. and a, a different synth score than the previous synth scores. Um, yeah, there's also been some kind of interesting, like, political mm. references. Yeah. Um, a lot of references to Republicans. To Republicans. Right. Yeah. Well, and yeah, so everyone is calling the person they don't like a Republican, which yeah. is kind of. Fantastic from my perspective. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Scott, uh, Scott specifically is like, when Jim first runs into him, it's like, I don't need your like Republican charity or something yeah, like yeah. that. And cause, and Jim's literally like, you need to get a job. So he is being like, go like, like, Hey, you know, you bum, go get a job. Like he is doing that line, but because we know Jim, yeah, I read that more as take responsibility for yourself and less victim blaming in this. Yeah. Instance, but, There's a, well, it's interesting, like, as Jim specifically says later on, when the Kerouac Museum comes up and he says, oh, yeah. I, I had trouble getting the rights for to Jack Kerouac, and Jim said a Republican would have secured that before <laughs> buying the trailer. Right. And, uh, and he specifically says, I don't vote on any ticket. Don't call me a Republican. I don't vote down the Republican ticket. Yeah. So it's interesting considering when this is, so this is 96. We were talking right. about this a little bit. This had been Clinton, right? 96 yeah. Clinton. So in the middle of Clinton. The middle of Clinton. Yeah. yeah. And probably during scandals, right? Like at that so point. It's been a little pre scandal. Yeah, oh, okay. But this is probably being written in 95. This is in the contract with America era. So this is yeah. uh, Newt Gingrich bringing all the Republicans mm-hmm. back into office yeah. against Clinton. And this but, might have been written even earlier because these didn't air in the same order they were produced. Right, right. So it could have been written earlier in the 90s, too. But The Rockford Files obviously goes back to the 70s <laughs> and predates Reagan. Right. And that is a big shift in the Republican Party. Uh, I am not the one to talk about this, especially two beers in. <laughs> but uh, I think that like there's an interesting dialogue going on here that would be of a completely different context, but mirror yeah. today's dialogue. Like, it's Scotty more like, needs a Twitter account. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's more a generational divide than mm-hmm. an actual political. Like, they're using, like, he's yeah. using the term to be to... You're old. Yeah, to be like, you are an old person judging me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's fair. <laughs> um, but this is all basically family drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So far, we haven't really had a mystery or a crime. I There's, think you're right so, about the, the, that business being sort of... I feel like yeah, that yeah. might be it. where that comes it, in. It felt like that, too, when you yeah. talked, about, talked about it. Like, I, the family drama, especially the scene uh, in Dennis's backyard at the barbecue, mm-hmm. 
Uh, I loved that scene. The looks and tension that happened between Scotty and Jim were great. Yes. Yeah. We don't know while that scene is going on that Scotty has since quit his job and stolen right. from his job. Right. Well, we, stole a steak dinner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Scotty says, I got to get going. There's people waiting. Yeah. So that's ominous. Like people. Yeah. yeah. That was ominous. And then. Uh, like, Dad, can we talk about that thing we were going to talk about? And they went inside, and, right. and there's... We see um, Dennis give him a bunch of money. Yeah, and then the cut, I love this cut, is <laughs> just to the argument. Everyone's gone, and... Scotty's left. Yeah, and Scotty Dennis is, like, homeless. And Jim and Peggy are Yeah, left. yeah. And watching Jim, Peggy, and Dennis have this fight, this argument, this discussion, uh, I thought that was great. Like, yeah. I think that was very well done. This like, is... Uh, I think we mentioned it's a David Chase script, and I think this is like yeah. it's it's doing that stuff. It's like we don't really care about linear time so much. Like we know where we are, yeah. but but it's a little bit of a surprise when it's like, oh, it's, that was a week ago, yeah. right? So there's some time lapses that get filled in, and that explains why there's such an emotional charge mm-hmm. with uh, Dennis when he's yelling at Jim, like, and all that gets revealed through the dialogue, yeah, um, right, and it just like clips right along, which is great. And the dynamics between everyone, because Peggy is concerned about her son, but Dennis, like, completely gets unhinged mad at Jim yeah. immediately, because he can't be mad at his son, even though he is mad at his son. But Peggy's like, you've got to listen to him. He's trying to help him. So everybody has their mm-hmm. own perspective in yeah. to this conversation. And that's something that I've always really appreciated about the Peggy character, uh, even though she's not in a whole ton of episodes. She really seems like an individual person who has her own perspective yeah. on the other characters. She's not just Dennis's wife, an extension of Dennis. Uh, right. She's like, she's Peggy. She yeah. has her own, the, the people she likes and the people she doesn't like, and her own emotional connections. I mean, like, one of the uh, moments when that really shined was in the first uh, Rita episode mm-hmm. where. You just have this tension of, like, what's going to happen? Oh. Like, why did you bring this woman into my house? Yeah. And yeah. then Peggy's like, oh, I see why. She's right. a great person. Yeah. Like, like, uh, <laughs> it turns out that those two stick in the muds were the real problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was one other fun character moment that I really liked about, like, interplay. And that was when Jim brought Scotty to the, the room and we realized that Angel is the manager. And, and Angel is, like, gloating over the fact that it's Dennis's son. Oh, yes. He needs help from him. Okay, let's talk about Angel for just a moment. <laughs> I mean, my favorite topic. But so far, he is conveniently in it. Yeah. Now, I yeah. understand for a little bit, because if we're done, if you're going to do these movies and you want to bring back the ca- as much of the cast as you can for each one, yeah. because that's what the reunion's about, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but he runs into Angel on the street and then... There's. It makes sense that if Angel is managing a a, a motel, that Jim would use Angel yeah. to get a, a deal on a room. But it also doesn't need to be Angel. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't need to be Angel. And like, does Angel ever manage a hotel? Like, it, like that. <laughs> well, just, it's clear that he's not. Well, like, no, like, yeah, yeah. We have this interaction where there's another person who's staying at this this mm-hmm. uh, facility right. and, and who's furious at him because he's doing nothing. So right, because his toilet doesn't, doesn't work. Yeah. yeah, he could just go down to the hardware store, but he's like, no, it's on order. It'll be the part will be <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. And he said this guy said something about his family coming, and yeah. I feel yeah. like that I, might be something. I feel I'm hoping that that pays off in yeah. some way, but we'll see. Yeah. Oh, let's get should back we, to should it. Should we get back to it? All right. We, oh, no, we will be back. But you don't need to pause until you hear how long the, so we'll come until back the next and then break. we'll tell you the, the yeah. number. Yep. 
Sounds good. So uh, pause it at the 26-minute mark. Was it? About, yeah. Yeah, somewhere in there. You'll know. The screen will go black, and (laughs) Epi will go, whoa, wait a minute. Is that a commercial break? So there's the plot. Yeah. (laughs) For the vengeance. Uh, So one thing that we missed in the earlier one Mm. was discussing the couple uh, that Scotty accosted on the streets early on. Right. When he was... Yeah, Pan Handling and Jim first saw him, basically. Yeah. Uh, they it's have a, come back with a vengeance. Yeah, it's a guy with an English accent and a woman with uh, an Italian accent. Mm-hmm. Um, the segment just ended with Becker and Jim trying to track down Scott because he's not in the apartment that Jim had rented him. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they track him down. He's playing bass on a street corner instead of going to Seattle with a band, like he told... Dennis. Right. Um, uh, now, was he getting his old band Homicide Dicks back together? <laughs> Is that <laughs> his band? Was, yeah, it was a tribute to Dennis. That's oh, what he said. <laughs> and so we have more uh, uh, drama with uh, Scotty said that he was going to be doing gigs with this band, but then it was a bummer, and the guy just wanted to talk about old debts from seven years ago. So he quit or something. So, something about the costumes. There was something about costumes. Yeah. <laughs> um, before any of this comes to a resolution, this, this guy, this couple reappears. And the guy shoots at yeah. Scott and just like jumps on, jumps him, on him, him, tackles him. And we get a big scuffle. The base gets destroyed. Base gets destroyed. Jim gets punched in the face. Oh, yeah. Oh. No, this is a good fight. Like Dennis destroys the base by accident. Yeah. He falls oh. into it and can't get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> This is this is good. Yeah, stuff. the guy goes to to punch Scott. Uh, Jim is holding Scott's arms to keep them from fighting. Scott moves his head, so Jim gets punched in the face instead. It's very <laughs> very good. Uh, and then the cops show up with a lieutenant, apparently. Yeah, I recognize <laughs> yeah. that guy. Uh, so I'm going to go to the IMDb and I'm going to find that out. The couple has a story that even though they jumped in this time. He jumped them in an alleyway. Yeah, like 10 minutes him, ago. And hit him with a, a traffic cone? That's what he said. <laughs> and he's going to show the cops the bruise. And so Becker keeps on trying to be like, hey, Lieutenant, that's my son. I'm, you know, Lieutenant LAPD. Let's talk. And the other Lieutenant has no time for it. Yeah. Uh, and calls Scott Jane, Jamie or something. Jesse. Jesse. Uh, when Becker's like, his name's Scotty. And then, uh, oh, me and Scott go back a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, so clearly there's more history there. As that's all resolving, Jim looks at the woman and then looks at a magazine rack because it's the nineties. So there's magazine racks. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes. Uh, and she's the cover model for like a fashion magazine to which you <laughs> remembered that apparently there's a fashion angle. Yes. In the description, which we just sort of forgotten because mm-hmm. we're so wrapped up in the, the- Dennis's son situation, but so the the lieutenant, uh, the reason why I recognize his name is Dan Loria, but he uh, he's the dad from Wonder Years, so that's what. Yeah, that's uh, we can now play Three Degrees to Colombo, right? <laughs> it's your Princess Bride. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so this appears to be our yeah our our plot. Yeah, is, there it is. Is, is kicking in. Well, we should... Okay, so let's rewind a little bit. We'll go to the, where we first got back, right? We mm-hmm. get back uh, from the commercial break, and 
Jim is fixing his car. Right. And Dennis is coming up to him, hat in hand, metaphorically speaking, to apologize and to find out where his son is. I think it's a legitimate apology. I kind of wondered if this was a thing that, like, Peggy made him to do. A little bit, yeah. But it felt legitimate. And Jim is revving the engine on the car uh, to ignore (laughs) (laughs) Dennis. Uh, this is this is another great scene. Uh, I, I I really enjoyed the the chemistry between the two. Neither of them has slept all night. Cause yeah, because they're, mm-hmm. they're upset about what happened, and there's this thing going on where Dennis wants to ask Jim to come with them, but can't, right? Because he's you know mm-hmm. you know because uh, Jim's just being like, sure, fine, whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. rev rev rev. <laughs> And then Jim's like, Dennis, do you need someone to come with you? And so they do. So, but the first thing I need to say here is that, yes, you don't, you couldn't just give that address to Dennis and not expect Angel to be murdered before the end of this episode, right? Like, <laughs> well, that's, yeah. Like, I shouldn't come with you. Yeah. So they go to the, the motel. And it turns out that Scott has rented the room out to sublet sublet the room out to um, I think Raimundo I think is Raimundo yeah uh, we can check that yeah. yeah but his his the guy that he was assigned to work with at the restaurant at the restaurant yes uh, who is fixing up the whole place he's sanding the windowsills yeah he's painted it is Raimundo yes Raimundo yeah um, he's again hitting this theme of the the the, the productive. Immigrant worker, right? right. Like, yeah. and sort of the entitled kids, you know, or mm-hmm. younger generation here. There's a yeah, yeah. contrast there. Well, I mean, he's he's scamming him. He's renting yeah. it to him for two hundred and twenty-five dollars. Uh, where, first of all, he didn't pay anything, right. but also it only costs two hundred dollars for that room. As it turns out, not only is he doing that, but he's doing all the handyman work right. for Angel. Four hours a day. Four hours a day. Jesus. In return for that, Angel is paying him in English lessons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Angel. And that line Jim had, when you look in a mirror, do you see yourself? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, you even you see your reflection. reflection. Yeah. And then the amazing finale of that scene where Dennis just wants to know where his son is, Uh, Angel says, the last, what does he say? He says, funny thing, the last person I rented the room to, all I saw him ever working on was a 40 of Old English. Mm -hmm. And then... uh, Which is malt liquor. Yeah, yeah. And then he hands the address to Dennis, and Dennis looks at it. As Dennis has his lapel in his hand, like, gonna sock him. And he goes... That's my address. And Angel's response is like, well, there you go. Yeah, he like clucks. He's like... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so man. So disappointed. I've seen Dennis and Angel at each other, <laughs> but never like... Like, this is... Yeah. Well, and Angel even says, like, what if I tell you, are you going to lose the paperwork next time I get hauled downtown <laughs> on some popcorn charge? Yeah. Right? Like, like, what's in it for me? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So that's all leading up to them. Uh, to, to Jim and, and uh, Becker finding him, oh, and then this is all. Yeah, and yeah. So now I guess we'll see what, what what's going on with this story and why Jim was so. Because like Jim is the one who's like looking at her and looking at the magazine and being yeah, like, he's, and putting his face, he's putting together. something together. So I assume that he will he will tell someone and thus and thus us 
Yeah, I don't have a What's going yet. on? I don't know why Scotty's mad at them. Uh, yeah, 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 that's yeah. all been totally off screen so far. <laughs> I will say that there's a wonderful moment of Rockford Fildishness, <laughs> um, which is. In that sense of whoishness. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Our dear departed Terrence Dix yes. uh, expressed about always having to have in Doctor Who. So <laughs> there's the, the Rockfordishness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is, there's the fight, right? The scuffle. And Dennis is trying to pull his son off of this stranger, and Jim is trying to pull. Uh, the stranger off of uh, Scotty and the cops show up during that whole bit. When the cops first show up, Dennis says that he's a Lieutenant and that uh, the cop played by uh, Dan Luria, Luria, Luria isn't having any of it. He's like, is this your jurisdiction? <laughs> then no, like, you know, like, blah, blah. <laughs> Jim goes, I think I can explain. Oh. And he's like, who are you, Mister Explainer? <laughs> it's just like, like, like Jim's like. Listen, I am the reasonable voice in the room, and this guy's like, I don't care. You're like, you're not in charge here. Yeah. Like, I don't know who you are. Yeah, it was, that was beautiful. That was just. Uh, it says, yeah, uh, uh, I don't need to talk to you or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, we don't need you here. All right, Rockfordishness. Rockfordishness. Yes. Or rockfishness. Rockfishness. Yes, rockfishness. There you go. Uh, I'll, we'll let you know the when, next... When to tune back. <laughs> yes. Okay, so 40 minutes in. <laughs> there we go. We skipped, I think, one commercial yeah, break there. We, but. we realized that this will be even longer than our usual episodes <laughs> if we don't uh, take them in slightly larger chunks. All right, let's travel back in time. <laughs> oh, God, this is what happens when you don't take notes. <laughs> um, we've ended with uh, the, the fight, the... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there was the fight. His son got arrested. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So this guy gets arrested uh, despite Becker's best attempts to make yeah. some kind <laughs> of police deal. Uh, you know, just us officers. Uh, the other lieutenants having none of it. I like that Rockford kind of calls him out on it. Too. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, that's not right, anyways. <laughs> but yeah. So while uh, Scott's in jail. Uh, Jim and Becker go to talk to the fashion. She's so I think we said she's right. a fashion model. She's a fashion designer. Yes, and model. So she has her own house. House mm-hmm. of House of Fama. 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 Yes. House of Fama. Um. So she's the designer, and uh, the her husband like runs the business. And so they go to talk to them, and because Becker wants to try and straighten things out. Their story essentially is that Scott panhandled from her a couple times, right. uh, and she was very nice and gave generous. generous, gave him what she could, bought him food, uh, but then he started demanding it as opposed to asking for it, and that apparently led to these altercations. And so, and I brought this up when we were watching it, but this fell. Still feels not right. Yeah. Like they're telling a lie about something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wondered if that was a blackmail angle. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we're still looking for the crime at this right. point. But I mean, obviously, now, mm-hmm. now that we've seen this segment, <laughs> yeah. that we know what the crime will be. So there was an interaction in there that I thought was, you know, that I think is clearly supposed to be like, uh, uh when uh, uh, the husband starts. Talking for her. Oh, like, yeah. And then she's like, stop talking for me. I hate it when you do that. Yeah. And he kind of has, 
like brushed off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he like had someone bring them mineral water or whatever. There's a little bit of business with that person too. Yeah. yeah I'm going to say on them. not just okay. someone, the murderous. You think so? <laughs> that's, that's, what you're, that's where I put okay. my money right now. Okay. <laughs> my money, my money's on him. Okay. Uh, well, it might be a duo. It might, it might be. be a duo thing. Yeah. Uh, he says, can I get you a mineral water? And they say no. And then he call, asks for water. Mm-hmm. And the woman that brings it, we see her a little bit earlier. So we see her again. So this is twice now that we, yeah. we see her. And then. And she's one of the designers. She's not like yeah. the, the secretary. Or and it's a thing. Elisabetta says, what, why are you playing waitress? You're yeah. one of our designers. And there's a look. There's a look between <laughs> yeah. him and her. And I didn't at that time think, oh. But then <laughs> when the murder happened, I was like, oh. But that's that's me playing detective based on how the sh- the film is yeah. the, the what, thing is filmed. Yeah, what what the what the screen what the camera is showing us. Yeah. Yeah. And right. not not yeah, actually like, doing yeah. the Rockford work right. that Rockford's about to do. Yeah. Uh, also during this time, Jim gives his godfatherly advice that Becker needs to just cut Scott off. You know, could they kind of call out the, you know, I was never there for him and uh, you know, that's hard for a kid. And then Jim's replies like, sure, but then you also overcompensated and like you've always supported him even when he's failing, right? So yeah. he's never he's yeah, never had in college. Yeah. yeah. It's like he's never had to rely on himself, right? Um and so Becker agrees that he should cut off. And it sounds like this is a thing that Peggy's been telling him yeah. as well. Right? I mean he says that's what Peggy said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, like Becker as a character is great. He is so in his own thing. He's so flawed. Yeah. Well, like, okay, so this thing that he has where he's trying to talk the the other detective, Gene, I think his name mm-hmm. is, into letting Scotty go. And he's like, you, you think it would account for something that we're both cops. It doesn't occur to him that that's corrupt, right? And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. Even though... Because this is my son. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 One of you pointed out he has this blind spot about his son. That, yeah, I was that saying is, that. that yeah. It's so clear that mm-hmm. Dennis, like, he's making every excuse under the sun for his kid. Like yeah. All the, all the lines that, that his son fed Rockford, we hear again from Dennis, or a lot of them, mm-hmm. like the, the faulty hitch. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And now it's all, it's just bad timing. That's yeah. his problem. Right, yeah. When the writing for the Rockford Files is good, you have these characters that have a view of the world that allows them to see this and they behave exactly as you would expect somebody who wasn't seeing any more than that picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we as viewers tend to get Jim's view of the world. Right. Yeah. So we tend to get like, uh, it feels to us the, the real view yeah, because it's right. the one that we're offered. Yeah. And in this case, Jim's kind of like been doing what he can to help, but he also, as you know, as we know, his, he, he, he cares so much about self-reliance yeah. right? about uh, people being able to handle their own business. And so he's given Scotty a couple chances and mm-hmm. Scott's not taking advantage of them. And so you kind of get the sense that he's kind of saying, I'm not going to keep throwing my money and support down this hole. If, if he, if Scott can't, you know, reciprocate or at least take hold of his own business. Uh, then we get into like some real, <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> dark. So stuff. It's a bit of a hard turn. Yeah, yeah. it's no no bees can die of loneliness. It's no bees can die of loneliness. <laughs> but so, no, okay. so they go they go to get 
uh, Scott, I keep wanting to call him Jesse now because that's his <laughs> alias. Uh, they go to get Scott out of jail. They do take him out. Yeah. He's being released. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's his 30th birthday. We don't know that yet. What we do know is that he, as he's coming out, he's seen a man die. Uh, a man was in the cell next to him crying and his cellmate punched him. Mm-hmm. And then what did he say? It was he like, had a seizure. He had a seizure. And that was it. Like it's dark, and and Scotty can't think of anything but this. He's traumatized. Yeah, completely. Uh, Like he describes that the guy had blue gums, right? Like it's just. And then Peggy's like, "It's your birthday, the big (laughs) trio." And it's just like, well, it's like so. It's it's a Dennis. Peggy and Jim. Yeah. And you can see that at least Dennis and Peggy have constructed the story of like, we're getting our son out of yeah. jail. It's his birthday. This is like the, the first day of the rest of his life. Right? Yeah. Like he just hit hot rock bottom and now we're, it's going to be upward from here. And then he comes out and it's a rockier bottom. Than yeah. they <laughs> had, He's got had his drill ready to go deeper. Yeah. Um, and so we had this extremely sad, Birthday lunch where they're oh, singing happy. Oh. I mean, this is a oh, little yeah. Oh, it's, it's so, so hard. It it's is hard. hard. It's a little thick. Like it's laid on a little thick for me. Like singing happy birthday and stuff. I think, but <coughs> also I think, they're like trying to keep hold of the narrative with yeah. both hands. Yeah, I think it hits home, but it's like, uh, well, <laughs> okay, it verges into melodrama. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think this is a scene that that absolutely would have worked if. Uh, a younger, oh my God, why am I blanking? Joe Santos <laughs> was playing Scotty. Like, I do think there's a little bit that. A little bit of the, like, reaction. Yeah, like, like, I think somebody, like, I think part of it is just the guy playing Scotty. I'm trying really he's, bad to say he's not a good actor. Right. But, it's, like. It's, it's not that he's not a good, it's kind of like he, he goes a little far with this emotional beat. There's not a lot of, I don't know, nuance or there's something that feels a little artificial to it. I yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. He, it feels like he's acting traumatized as opposed right. to like, yes. and he's think, gone through I a trauma. Feel it as much. Yeah. And yeah. part of it, I think is also the fact that we are trying to figure out if he's acting traumatized, right? Like right, that's true. he's a little bit of a con artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, so we're Was not entirely sure. Line? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of con artists, <laughs> they have this birthday party, and he can't possibly participate. Like right. he, he, and he, he, he gets to this point where he's just talking about the smoke coming off the candle that he just blew out, and he says, "Life's we're just smoke, aren't we?" Or yeah, yeah, life's an illusion, or <laughs> yeah. yeah, life's an illusion. We're just when like you're born the next day, you're dancing the tango on concrete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very Rockford like. Yeah. Is is happiness even possible? Right. Like, Starts asking his parents, "Are you happy? Can yeah. you be happy with your widescreen TV?" Is, is Bill Gates happy? <laughs> yeah. Which he doesn't pull out of his back pocket. Dennis brought Bill Gates yeah. up, but like, it's like sure, but like he's kind of trying to make the point of like, sure, sometimes lives are bad, but sometimes you're Bill Gates. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, right. Um, and he starts yeah. talking about his priest? His coach. coach. I think oh, it was his coach. coach. Yeah, it was oh. somebody, some father figure in his life. I actually thought that was really kind of good because you could see Dennis frustrated that he was looking to a father figure that wasn't Dennis. <laughs> yeah. And that was that was a really decent uh, moment. Uh, so 
Scotty's having a nervous breakdown. Like, there's just mm-hmm. no two ways yeah. about and, it. That's an a, existential crisis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit like, yes, this is a this is a crisis you go through as a teenager at some point. Yeah, <laughs> it sucks that it took you till your thirtieth birthday to yeah. get your money. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is that that may be a fault of the parenting. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't remember how that scene ends. But I do know that well, if, he just leaves. He just leaves. Yeah, Dennis just leaves. Yes, the three Dennis of them are still there. Away. Yeah, after saying like, "You're done. You're done. You're cut off." And I say this with love, yeah. and then he leaves, and he's clearly choked up. And like, yeah, yeah, he's starting to cry. But then we we break the tension with the uh, waiter coming over to give the bill to Jim. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no. Oh. <laughs> So, I mean, like, obviously, I've not been keeping track of the money that Jim, but he... It, they went to a nice place for lunch. Yeah, yeah. And, so. and he's been paying for all these bills for Scotty. Like, Jim's clearly not making money on this one. Yeah. We can we can say uh, that right now. So... I think we go from there to the knock at the door. Yes. So there's a knock at the door at Jim's trailer, which is always bad. At night. Turns out it's the cops this time. Well, it's one cop. It's <laughs> Dennis. Uh, Dennis is upset because... He just heard that Elizabeth. No, that didn't happen yet. No, it didn't. Yeah, he he's just looking for he's his looking son. Scott. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I'm sorry. He's looking for his son. They didn't let Scotty use the car, and that's when Jim realizes that Scotty knows where the spare key for the car is. Right. So the Firebird's gone. The Firebird is gone. We haven't seen the Firebird on the road yet. No, it's only been like worked on. Yeah. yeah or like yeah. in an impound lot. Has that been the case for all of the movies mm, so far? Uh, at least one of them, it was being worked on. Like, yeah, the, yeah. In the first it one, in the first one, it, it was getting rebuilt. I'm I'm trying to think if, if he's, he's driven the, the Firebird at all in the movies yet. Yes. In the last one? Because don't they drive up to the graveyard to see Rocky's grave? Yes, I think you're I right. I think yeah. that's in the Yeah, okay. All right. Little, little theory I had going <laughs> then. Never mind. All right. So, so. I feel like he did drive it a little bit in this one, but I'm not sure. Uh, he's ridden in with Dennis. In a moment, he's going to ride with Angel. <laughs> right. Uh, right. So, we, yeah, we yeah. get from the dramatic, the Firebird's gone, to, yeah, I forget exactly how they get there, but to the murder, right? They end with the car being, um, disappeared. Mm-hmm. That might have been the commercial break that we didn't go to. Yeah, yeah. We, and then either the next scene or soon thereafter, they're at Dennis's house and they're watching the news. So I don't yes. know what happens in between the car being disappeared and They definitely were at the murder scene though. They did they go they show up there because there's the whole bit where the reporter shows up and pushes oh, past yeah, you're right. Jim. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So they're they maybe they're just going to like his old his haunts, right? Because that's like the palisade or whatever that he yeah. panhandles on. So that's, I guess that's just where they went. They went there to see. I feel like see. they heard about yeah, her dying, though. Yeah, I feel like, or there was a phone call or something. Yeah, and I can't remember how that. Well, it's not too. News gets to them. Yeah. I mean, it's not terribly important. Yeah, because mm-hmm. someone says that her body was found in a dumpster. And yeah. then we go to yeah. the lights and the chalk outline right. and yeah. all that stuff. Our unfriendly um, lieutenant. Jean? Gen- uh, lieutenant. Yeah. Genture. <laughs> then, then getting the news was the, the bumper for that commercial. Yeah. And we decided to keep going. Yeah. So yeah. Right. And so, yes, uh, they're at the scene and there's a, uh, was it Toothless? Toothless Bob. Toothless Bob is uh, a friendly, <laughs> a friendly panhandler. Who's 
Offering up a, as he's a witness mm-hmm. in the situation, uh, Jim has to translate Toothless Bob to Dennis, to Dennis <laughs> but the uh, Lieutenant Gencher <laughs> knows him or, like, mm-hmm. he can understand. Was already talking to him or something? Toothless Bob puts the finger on uh, Scotty. Yeah. Says that Says he Scotty saw him there, there a couple hours ago. He, he gave Toothless Bob $200. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. Jim is like. That was my two hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not appreciated. And it's great. Okay, so again, this is what I was getting at. Like everybody is in their own head about everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dennis is like that two hundred dollars didn't come from her. You just said that all she had was a credit card. And they're arguing back and forth. And Jim is like, that was my $200. <laughs> and Toothless Bob is like, you can't prove that. Yeah. Because <laughs> to Toothless Bob, that's his $200 yeah, yeah. now. And it's just, that's great. Like, it's just this thing where Toothless Bob doesn't have our point of view. He doesn't know that we're trying to solve a mystery <laughs> that involves Scotty or anything. He just, he just got $200 and maybe somebody here is trying to take it away from him. Anyways, I, I, I really dug that. They have, yeah, so more back and forth with uh, Dennis trying to kind of intervene and, like, do detective work. And yeah. Like, this isn't your jurisdiction. Yeah. Get out. There's this great moment at the end where Jim is pulling him away and says, like, I'll go talk to the lieutenant. And Becker says something like, I can't talk to him right now Yeah, or I should something. tell him about the car, and I can't. And I can't. And then he goes, and then he pushes Jim back and goes to back to, yeah. to like, and tell him. him. Yeah. And then there's like the TV reporters show up and we get a little bit of exposition from them right. questioning the, mm-hmm. uh, the lieutenant, which, uh, segues into the everyone's at the Becker house watching the TV. Yeah. yeah. But like, uh, so they know that he's driving the Firebird and they yeah. found the Firebird. The Firebird has Scott's fingerprints in it. Mm-hmm. They name Scott, Scott Dennis Becker. Yeah. Son of a police lieutenant, Dennis Becker. While this is happening, Jim gets a phone call at the Beckers saying that his car has been found. It's impounded. Right. And Jim is trying to get someone to give him a ride, but nobody wants to interrupt the the broadcast. Yeah. The broadcast just keeps laying it on. I'm In all of cop television, yeah. <laughs> there's never been a cop more willing to tell the reporters Every, Every detail. detail. Yeah. Like, this reporter has great sources. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. The car was owned by the homeless man's godfather. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, no one there is willing to give Jim a ride, so he has to turn to Angel. To the to his friend of last resort, <laughs> Angel, who is now in full uh, uh, full bloom as a... He's got a scam. He's yeah, got a yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as a broker for day laborers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Angel. With his broken down Mustang. Mm-hmm. But every time they stop, without comment, he has to open up the hood. Right. Yeah. Air, <laughs> Do something. While Jim, like, Jim wiggles yeah. the key. <laughs> and oh. breaks in the back, so he's got his whole the, spiel. The whole business. Like, okay, again, these are the movies, and obviously this is a crowd that's done it forever and ever but like these two just they just do it yeah right? like there's just the back and forth about the boombox just uncommented on it's just yeah. done and getting in and out of the car to do that like again there's no comment it's yeah. just pure physical comedy like these two are just oh yeah yeah, uh, Engel's talking about the real promise of America, entrepreneurship. Oh, yeah. Jim can, can see the, the the Purple Mountains majesty yeah. as, as he's talking. <laughs> this made me remember, I think maybe in the first movie, how like 
Angel was weirdly racist about oh like, yeah immigrant like 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 Mexican immigrants taking all of their jobs and yeah, stuff yeah yeah because because his he had a warehouse scam that like a couple guys muscled in on and kicked him out of yeah right. so he started seeing these things and then I think in that episode there was a moment where he like changed his tune because someone helped him out or whatever yeah. but I was just like opportunistic yeah it was making me think of uh, yeah how his Angel has always been. Happy with whoever whoever he can scam, he loves them. Yeah, and then if he can't scam them anymore, then they're they're the problem. They're, they're the problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, maybe he should run for president. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Angel is driving Rockford all around, right? Uh, doing errands mm-hmm. where he's taking these people to uh, yeah, do like gardening and yeah. Clear off roadside debris and stuff. But um, we eventually get to the impound lot. Yes. And where? <laughs> we get this slow pull focus on Angel left in the car. Or maybe it's not a pull focus. A zoom it's in. A zoom, a zoom in. in yeah. and just a slow zoom in. And I'm thinking, why are we doing this until we zoom out and Angel's asleep? And I get it. Okay. okay. They've been there for a while. Turns out it's going to cost $200. <laughs> That amount just keeps showing just up keeps in this episode. Well, he, if he had the 200 bucks, then yeah. he'd have been just good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it was parked illegally in front of a fire station. Yes. So that's why it was towed. I'm terrified for that Mustang because they just left that car in front of the same fire station. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, our cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, fire station, turns out, is across the street from a Zen temple, I think. They, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's. Zendo. Yeah. There, there's like the the establishing shot. I think says like Zen Temple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jim and Angel go in to investigate because, as Jim says, Scott was having a, a crisis, looking for spiritual guidance. Perhaps this is where he ended up. Asks for Scott Becker, and the guy who answers um, is like, "Come on in." Angel, of course, is not very considerate of his surroundings and takes an apple off of the little shrine area where it's clearly in yes. <laughs> with like a couple other pieces of fruit or something. It's, you know, it's a thing. Munches on that as they go around and he tries to uh, tell the, the, the monk that he can get better gardeners for him as yeah. they come, up, <laughs> as they come up, up upon Scott just slowly raking an area of, you know, uh, meditating, right? yeah. doing a, a movement meditation. Head's shaved. He's had long hair this whole time. Yeah. And now his... So, robes. Yeah. So he's gone from long hair with the navy hat to yeah. the long hair no hat. And now he has shaved his, his luscious locks and his... Uh, <laughs> his luscious uh, molded locks. Molded yeah. locks. Oh, Lord. Um, uh, so Jim confronts him. He says, yeah, sorry about that. I, I was having a... I was trying to save my own sanity. Yeah. He's like, are you going to press charges? And Jim's like, it's not just the stolen car. There's been a murder. And it's clear to me that he doesn't know. Yeah. He seems very surprised. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. The, the, the husband is, died too. Yeah. Which I think that I was like, yeah, yeah, the husband totally did it. There's some tension there that I think Scott probably knows about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be part of the the narrative going, you know, the key going forward of why he's involved because he knows something about their relationship. That's what I think. Uh, no, I'm I'm with you on that one. But uh, yeah, I think we ended with a little cliffhanger on telling him 
that they're it's a murder suspect. Yeah, that they they think it was you or something, something yeah. like that. Right? Wait, was that the cliffhanger? I'm trying to remember now. Oh no, was, or was it just Jim's face when he asked if it? That's why I thought it was significant because like, did her husband die too? And Jim makes this like very concerned looking face. Yeah, and I think that's where we cut because his reaction was like, oh, that is a significant question coming yeah, in this juncture. Yeah. Something something in that vein. Key moments, I guess we just kind of hit them as we hit them there, but... Uh, I like how this is keeping up a bit of a theme of each of these episodes has some kind of, like, alternative lifestyle yeah. bit. Like, there was, like in the first one, there was, like, the called bookstore. Yeah. And then the second one, you know, it's all about the, like, religious uh, communities and stuff. Um, the P.I. with his obsession with bugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was one. weird, yeah. And then it's like, oh, and here we're going to feature some... Zen Buddhist. <laughs> I think it's great. It's also very California. Yeah. yeah. It makes a lot of sense, but it is kind of part of this overall little trend in these movies of like, we're going to go off and do something you probably did not expect to see in an episode of The Rocker Five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll pause here, but you won't pause until you hear what the time, can you know how this works by now. <laughs> All right. We'll see you in a little bit. One hour. 12 minutes and 52 seconds. Okay, welcome we're, back. <laughs> I think we're now into it where I'm just kind of like, all right, now I'm just watching the show. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that naturally happens when I'm taking notes, too, mm-hmm. but but because we're not even taking notes, it's a little bit like, okay, yeah, now we're just... <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, we're just in it. This is our, this is our, I guess, our apology to the <laughs> listeners here. We're, yeah, if we're, if, yeah, if we're getting worse and worse as this goes on, it's because the movie is fun. Yeah. And yeah. it's getting a little hard to remember exactly well, what I, we've been. I think very specifically, this stretch has been... A lot. Very a lot. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, very action-packed and very, like... Played for laughs. There's yeah. a lot of moments in this one that's a little less like about the craft and more like, here's a funny beat. Yeah, there's more here's gags. Here's a funny beat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. Um, so, Scott, so so Jim convinces Scott to turn himself in. Yeah. Yeah. From the right. Zen temple. And, oh, man. Wow. So much. It feels like so much has happened since did, then. Did they... Did they get he go into prison and they get him out of prison? Yeah. And they took him back to the temple and he's showing them around the temple. Right. But that's after Jim has that in- mysterious encounter at the restaurant. Oh, yes. Yeah. So this we should probably talk about because right. this is good. This, this is, is good. This is an important beat. So uh, and I think it's like so like Scott goes goes back to jail. Jim is getting his morning coffee or whatever at the restaurant and a mysterious man with a duffel bag, and Jim sees a holstered gun, like under his jacket, mm-hmm. comes in, sits down, and then starts asking the, uh, so it's like the guy who runs the restaurant or whatever. They're, yeah. they're, they're short staffed. Uh, this is the guy who hired Scott, another guy, mm-hmm. to do the cleaning. Uh, so he has to do the waiting. Uh, starts asking him if anyone around there has a 1978 gold firebird. Mm-hmm. And, and I oh think we boy. do know. <laughs> because he's the, the like president of the fire club. The fire yeah, yeah club. so president of the firebird yes. club. He heard about it in the club newsletter. <laughs> um, so there's a wonderful back and forth here where Jim... Pretends to be upset that his coffee isn't filled up so that he can get this owner to come over 
and tell the owner not to give him away. Mm -hmm. And then the owner is all in <laughs> for Jim's antics. Cause Jim's like <laughs> the, the guy with the gun who's searching for the firebird gets up to get cigarettes from the bar. Jim's like, I got to look at his luggage tag. You watch the bar and just throw a tray or something like that mm -hmm. to just let me know if he's coming back. Jim starts looking at the tag, does his whole business trying to pull a pen that he right. doesn't he have. Right, he doesn't have a pen, so he's trying to, to like... Yeah. So we, so, so we see him, like, counting on his fingers to, like, remember the phone number. Yeah, yeah. Which is I, fantastic. I, I literally had the thought, why don't you just take a picture of it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not 96, not then. Mm -hmm. um, there is some amazing technology, which we'll get to. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. This owner, the restaurant owner, manager, whatever, sees this guy coming back. He's got a tray in his hand. He's good. He goes throw it over his shoulder. And just to show off how badass this hitman mm, is, yeah. he catches it. So obviously Jim doesn't hear the clatter or anything like that. But I think it so works because that keeps his attention mm. on the owner right. and gives Jim enough time to put down the tag and kind of scoot before he turns around. Throws it on the floor after he <laughs> <Yes. shows it. laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's good. It's very good. Uh, yeah. So. I was thinking, as you said that, that this scene actually does such a great, concise job of being like, oh, yeah, this guy's a badass. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the way that the actor plays it, too. He's very, like, confident and smooth and, like, yeah. you know, kind of dangerous. And then, like, that little move of just, like, grabbing it out of nowhere. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and I think, I mean, obviously, again, we're watching this for the first time. So I, uh, what I'm going to do here is hypothesize. Uh, but I think that, that one of the reasons why they're doing this is that he's not part of the other group. Like, that, so I think so, too. He's yeah. doing a good job so of setting him apart. And so yeah. he's from Seattle. Right. And, like, Seattle's come up a couple times. Yeah. Uh, Scotty was going to go to Seattle, and he had an old partner. And he's it rains in Seattle. He kept on bringing up the debts. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I can't play with it because he's been bringing up the debts from seven years ago. Yeah. So, like, that's where, what I'm thinking about that. Yeah. Um, and also, his uh, his name's, what, Pine Tree? Yes. yes. And, Mercer Pine Tree. Right. And he has, uh, and he has, he, he looks, uh, Native American, kind yeah. Of. One of them said that he was yeah, and he has like a feather earring. Like he's he's coded as Native from yeah. Pacific Northwest, and then the other guy is coded very differently. Yeah, um, uh, yeah how yeah. coded is he? What is he coded as? <laughs> he's a paisan. You <laughs> <laughs> um, get into that a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. So we basically so so Jim manages to slip out without uh, Pine Tree realize like figuring out who he is. Um, and then, uh, I believe we get into, uh, getting, uh, Scotty out. Scotty gets out. And, and that was an interesting moment too, because Scotty thinks that his dad just pulled a string and his dad says, no, it's because they didn't have enough evidence on you. Right. It was all yeah. circumstantial. Scotty doesn't seem to be taking it seriously. Right. And so he's, so, so he's, you know, still in his Zen, like, uh, or in like saffron robes. He has a line of, uh, you know, there's really no difference between, like I see now, there's really no difference between prison and the temple. You can meditate in either place. Yeah. He has a little bit of the, like, the zealousness of the convert, right? Yeah, right. This, yeah. So, okay. You're all hung up on the duality and, like, it's yeah. all about the oneness and I have, this is a thing, this is my thing now. There's no sorrow, no joy, like, it's all one. But then once they get back... You know, he's like wanting to show his mom his room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all excited about his work. Yeah, which 
so far right now is really just meditating, like you're describing. You feel yeah. just like raking, yeah. you know, and like moving rocks around. But it, it seems like it's just another escape. For him. Right. What? So okay. Well, I think you mentioned while I was doing that, like. Oh yeah, he really wants structure. Yeah, yeah, he <laughs> desperately is, needs structure. Yeah, he has a, no idea what to do with himself. Yeah, but he doesn't want to work hard for that structure. Yeah, within that structure. Yeah, like, that's what I was getting from mm-hmm. his comments to his parents. How long do you think he was at this temple? Like that well, was, it was like a day. Yeah, yeah, that's what it felt like. And but <laughs> I think that's kind of a gag, right? Like yeah. that's the thing. Like yeah. there's there's something kind of there's something that really. Shticky. It's sticky, yeah. There's something that works about, like, this character being like, oh, this is my thing now. Yeah. And that totally works, and it's it, uh, it's moving things forward, and it's keeping things interesting. But the way that the show is kind of treating Zen as a practice yeah. is a little more sticky. Yeah. At least his approach to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't really get to hear it from anybody else. Yeah. There are some yeah. critiques by Jim, mm-hmm. but I, I, I don't think... I, it, I really take it that this kid is kind of just using this as one more way to, right, like, yeah. us, you know, like hide from his responsibilities of being an adult. The, or, there's know, one this, other thirty-year-old. Uh, <laughs> there's one other beat in this which we'll get to in a moment that feels like they're well. I don't. I don't even know how to. We'll get into it though. Uh, the other thing I wanted to just kind of point out before we get there though is uh, I think I might have talked about this on a plus expenses or something. So. Emily and I have been watching a lot of Doctor Who and of uh, the early classic Doctor, classic Doctor Who. Doctor Who <laughs> yes, uh, the John Pertwee, the Patrick Troughton era. Specifically, uh, we've been listening to some of the behind the scenes stuff, oh, yeah. and they mention this thing that happens with Doctor Who, where sometimes you'll have them captured by the bad guy, escape, run through these hallways mm-hmm. that they'll film from different angles. And then get captured again, and then just resume the dialogue between the doctor and the bad guy because they have to fill a lot of airtime. I'm not saying that that's what happened, but Scotty going in and out of prison is a little, is, is a little bit like that. Like it's like he's in prison. Next scene, we're getting him out. Yeah. He's in prison. The contrast was wonderful, though. Like him, right. the first time he came out of prison, yeah. he mm. had this. He, he had the break happen. Right. Yeah. Right? He saw someone die. He isn't quite getting to the point of realizing that, oh, the world is real. And it, he, in fact, mm-hmm. goes the opposite direction. Like, yeah. oh, everything is smoke. Everything's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And then he has this religious coming, mm-hmm. you know, to yeah. himself and to truth. And so then when he goes into prison, he's on this more level. Kill. In some ways, it really does feel like finding some kind of truth is what he needs because mm-hmm. he is right. more together. He's more grounded in his second way through. But it's still, it's mm-hmm. all just all escape. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, as a as a narrative device, it is a little kind of like back and forth e. Yeah. But I think the character progression does make it different. differentiate exactly. Exactly. each of these moments. Yeah. yeah uh, so back at the temple, uh, he's showing everyone around the assault on the temple. Like like yeah, there's the ring of the gong, and oh, it's time for a zazen. But uh, no, it is in fact a mafia hitman <laughs> banging, <laughs> banging uh, a monk's head off of the gong, which seems extremely unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> the, okay. this is the worst hitman. Yeah, he's, he's, 
<laughs> Definitely not to pine trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He never made that mistake. <laughs> this whole bit is... I mean, this is like uh, Benny Hill. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a little bit like they, they're like, we've made this entire set now. Mm. Now let's throw a hitman in and just do the fun things. Like, yeah. do whatever fun thing you want to yeah. do. And So it's a bit of a chase scene. It's yeah. a bit of a... There's like a gag where he's... Uh, this guy's taking shots and there's like a monk meditating and like, not reacting da- and not oh, reacting yeah. and he's down low like yeah. cross legged and I, I mean it's fine <laughs> it, yeah it's yeah it's fine one of the good things that comes out of it is that you do have this moment where Dennis maybe for the first time Scotty sees Dennis doing what Dennis does mm, right true. like because yeah. he's like Dennis calls out, says that he's PD. Right. And he has a gun because he carries a gun. Yeah. And so, and, and also, like, the seriousness of all of this is, yeah. is may, maybe even more evident than it was when he first went to prison. We don't know immediately that this guy's coming to kill Scotty, but I think everyone there Assumes. is thinking that. Like, yeah. there's no, um, and then it, it ends with Rockford doing an end run. <laughs> Uh, or I'm not even sure what the layout is. I'm not sure where. Yeah, he it was here. a little confused. I was, I kind of lost track exactly. Yeah. who was where? But he he gets to another side of a gate or a uh, railing just as this mafia with his monk hostage. <laughs> oh right, yeah, because he's dragging this monk as a hostage. Yeah, yeah. which right. he wouldn't need to do if he hadn't been banging his head off. <laughs> it was <laughs> okay. Not the, not the smartest. Uh, anyways. Uh, so Rockford shoves the railing into him, so presumably knocking it apart or whatever. He tumbles down with this monk, down a set of stairs, drops his gun, reaches out for the gun, and I think... It's the original monk that they met. Yeah, the master, the master yeah, of the to, temple. To nobody's shock and surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just reaches out just with one, with one sandaled foot. But, yeah. It's like, oh, you beat me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I've shown up, I've grabbed... I grabbed a monk and just banged his head into a gong, took a bunch of shots in public. Uh, I stumbled down these stairs, but because you put your foot on my hand, I yep. guess you win and I'll go to prison. Yep. Uh, I don't, I don't mean to complain, <laughs> uh, but all of that is a setup for this exchange between the head monk and Rockford. That's yeah. <laughs> well, it, it has a little, I think it's supposed to have a little extra, Resonance because right before all the commotion, oh right, Jim kind of has a break where he's like, "Why are you humoring him?" Yeah, like Scott, this is like this is ridiculous. They all the all these wants that you're rejecting, like your parents did so much to provide them right. for you. You need to appreciate that. Uh, this is the Jim from the uh, from Quickie Nirvana, yeah, lecturing Sky about like how she has to take responsibility for her own life, kind of. Coming yeah. out where he just has no patience for, as you were saying, um, like the pushing away reality with these kind of like chapter and verse idealized, yeah, answers. kind of idealized uh, uh, spiritual pursuits. So he's so as part of that, he's kind of ragging on Zen as like a practice. Right. Uh, so this final beat, <laughs> although it feels very dated, yeah, it was clearly intended to show respect. Show respect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that final beat is the the monk like doing the like prayer hands bow mm-hmm. to Jim and Jim doing it back and then winking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so all right. Yeah. Oh, and also he wants his two hundred bucks to pay the pay the parking bill. He doesn't oh. care who it's from, but it's got to be from one of them. <laughs> 
That was actually kind of heartrending because Jim is getting to the end of his rope. It's putting pressure on his relationship with Dennis. Yeah, right. Which, you know, aside from his relationship with Rocky, who's now passed away, like, is his closest friend. Yeah. And the fact that all of these shenanigans <laughs> with his godson are putting this wedge between him and his closest friends. Yeah. So to the point where he's just, like, asking them for money. There's a moment where Dennis says, I can pay you if you want to help. It, mm-hmm. Actually, th- does that happen later? Yeah, that's a little bit later, second. but yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's one of the threads here. Yeah. Is, like, the bond between Dennis and, and Jim and being mm-hmm. tested. Yeah. Uh so I'm not sure exactly what so happens I think then next. we go to the well we go to the police station because the oh yeah the Gambino or whatever is being booked and he has like a lawyer who's speaking Italian or something and so Becker's like oh you know you know Italian he's like I'm part Italian and yeah Becker's like I'm part Italian we're buzzards <laughs> that works so out for him not quite buying it no, yeah no. Uh, in his never-ending effort to ingratiate himself with this other lieutenant. Uh, so I think the stuff from here uh, includes we get a great um, TV computer interface of the interstate criminal oh, database yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's where we, we find out country's identity right. and background. A real Windows 95 interface. <laughs> it's good. It's it yeah. top of the line. <laughs> um, and we get some conversation about the – so the, the, the woman, the, the designer – her family, their Sicilian royalty, right. and that was a thing that came up earlier when Jim was like reading about it in the magazine or whatever. Uh, and the fashion industry in Sicily is going to be integrated yeah. with the mafia. That's just how it is. Uh, there's a great bit <laughs> where Jim's like, "You know what I'm saying?" And and Becker's like, "Yeah, that's racist." <laughs> <laughs> and, and the implying, other yeah, with them, yeah. yeah, implying that like, well, you know, they're Sicilian. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's racist. He's like, no, the mafia. They're they, he's like, don't you watch CNN? They're involved <laughs> yeah. in the fashion industry. It's like, okay. Um, have you have you have you never seen a David Chase? <laughs> <laughs> I know we're getting full chase. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. getting you know, this stuff. But uh, yeah, so the the, the 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 working theory I think that they developed for us mm-hmm. is that because her family is probably involved with the mafia, uh, this is probably some kind of like revenge hit mm-hmm. yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But why are they bringing down backup from Seattle? Yeah, they're just like. There's Look, loose ends. Yeah, and and the the lieutenant ends up losing his his temper with Dennis, mm-hmm. and so we get his full thing, which is your son did it. We're gonna prove it. Yeah, we, we have means, motive. We just need to find the weapon, which we will. And they hadn't mentioned a weapon at all, which is actually I wonder oh, if that's yeah. gonna be like a, a thing. thing. Yeah, I know we you know we know he did it. You need to accept that and get out of my department. Never come back. <laughs> Never come again. back. Uh, yeah. Part of the evidence is that, you know, well, these guys think must think he's, he did it, too, because otherwise, yeah. why would they be sending him? Right. So this is a kind of an emotional thing going. Like, he's, he's very angry and yeah. loud. And then the beat after that is just Dennis going, he kicked me out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't believe it. And I think this is where we come across yeah, that's where the that scene that you're... Happens. Yeah, that's where that Yeah. Because Dennis is giving... Jim arrived back because he still doesn't have the fire board back. No. Dennis is going, you know, gets to the point where he literally says, I'm begging you, Jim. Yeah. yeah. Jimbo. Help. Oh, right. He's calling Jimbo. Jimbo. Yeah. And he says, I'm asking you, I'm begging yeah. you. 
And even and that's where he offers to pay him. And that's the point where it's like, oh, oh, yeah. that's like twisting the <laughs> yeah. knife when you like offer to pay your friend. And and Jim has been asking for money, but it's mm-hmm. like They're all different. these intersecting. Yeah. yeah. It, there's a bunch of things like somebody owes Jim money. Mm-hmm. I mean, the person who does is Scotty, but like somebody from that family owes Jim money. He's offering to pay him. But also we know, we all know. He's not going to get paid. Right. Like, there's <laughs> there's We've no. We've been here before. Yeah. Like. Uh. Yeah. So Jim, Jim does find, does give in as we knew he would. There's a, there's going to be a funeral service at the, at, at the house of some big, of some big shot producer. Yeah. And so he'll go and check things out. And okay. then, then we get into the rock traditionist. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, my Deep God. Time for tradecraft. Yeah. 1996. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so picture three Rockford fans sitting in a room <laughs> watching this for the first time. Is a close-up <laughs> on a 1995, 90... Yeah, laptop. Laptop. With the giant serial cord, like the yeah. big black cord with the two little this, dials. This, this laptop is like two inches thick. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what mm-hmm. computer in your pocket you're listening to this <laughs> on. Uh, this thing uh, can burn the genitals right off a person. <laughs> Uh, but what's great is that this laptop is hooked up to a little printer. Mm-hmm. This is only in Jim's car. In Jim's car. Just exactly the size you need to print out a business card. Because we are seeing, 20 years later, <laughs> the amazing advancement in technology. Can I just say, like, this is, it's wonderful. We all... Loved it. I mean, like, we all, like, squealed. Once, once he started hunting and pecking on the yeah, computer. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> but when you really think about it, his little printing press is probably better. Yeah. Because this, like, yeah, right. the, I mean. Because it's what going to be, like, inkjet printed? It would be, like, yeah, yeah I'm trying to think. to the typing. Yeah. Well, anyways, the point it is. It was great, though. It was great. Yeah, it yeah, was true. His little health inspector mm-hmm. badge. It, this is cyberpunk mm-hmm. uh, Jim Rockford. <laughs> Jim Rockford. <laughs> uh, at some point, he, and this is in the Firebird, so he, at some point, he yeah. managed to recover the Firebird. Um, oh, maybe important. Dennis paid him. Probably. One would imagine. Huh. All right. Well, I guess we'll find out. I bet there'll be a reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, he he uh, hatches a scheme after seeing a, a, a fish uh, delivery van go into this place yeah. to be this health inspector, and uh, there's been an outbreak of botulism. Yes. In the uh, in the shrimp, and they've test the ones they've tested at the depot have been fine, but they still need to check these ones out. When we were watching it, I was a little critical of the con. Mm-hmm. Thinking back on it, I actually liked it. It's not even that he's making it up on the spot. You see him make it up and then execute it, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's not like, uh, sometimes when shows do this, they're just like, look at this, he's improving or freeforming mm-hmm. or whatever, but he, he, like you said, he sees the truck go in, he's like, okay, this is my angle. This is what, you see him do the kind of cold read, like, did mm-hmm. you get something from Frank's fish? Yeah. And then he's like, shrimp. 
That's what I thought. You know, <laughs> like you didn't say it like that specifically, but it, you know, went that route. Oh, and also the the chef that he's dealing with. This is the the oh. Jerry. I don't remember the oh, name yeah, that we um, talked about before. Yeah, uh, Parks and Rec. So he's, yeah. he's a comedic actor. Yeah, like he's he's there to be flustered. Jim O'Hare. Jim O'Hare. Yeah. and and respond, you know, mm-hmm. in a big way to this this threat. I guess <laughs> it was not a. Fast talking con? No. Like it was a long, I don't want to say long con because that's a different thing. It's a slow. It had to take steps. Yeah. yeah. It, was had, cut it, was a tra- it was kind of a technical, technical. con. Yeah. Exactly. We watched him cut up some shrimp. We watched him. <laughs> With a some... pen knife, which I was like, are you sure that that's your strongest move? Yeah. Like, like if you're supposed to be this inspector, like, as opposed to like, I don't know, getting one of the chef's knives or something. But whatever, it's fine. And then there's cleaning fluid for his eyeglasses. That Which he... was cleverly oh, primed for us because yes, we, we saw him clearing it, yeah. cleaning his eyeglasses while he saw the Frank's fish going in. So that's yeah. a, technically that was very... was laid. Then he eats the shrimp. Yeah. That he, that he just put cleaning solution <laughs> yeah. on. Which is, yeah. All right. Fancy. All right. Okay. Um, but that's to establish that there's a texture, so he's going to test yeah, right, the right. shrimp out on the... So he's trying to... Be, Maneuver his way that there's a believable reason for him to be mingling right. with the, the funeral. And eating more shrimp. And eating yeah. more shrimp. Yeah, let's be clear. Because yeah. he did not get his breakfast at that diner because he left too soon. So oh, he did yeah, not yeah. get his scrambled eggs inside of bacon. Or ah, oh, see, that's why, that's why Nathan's on the show. <laughs> He's got an eye out for Jim's gut. We, What's we, the sound you use for the food? Is that Oh, it'll go in right now. So his gambit gets him in, and he catches the end of someone's... Eulogy. Eulogy, thank you. Yes. Right. Which is important, too. We hear a little bit of what she says, and then she gets hustled off the stage right. by the... The, the, the murderess. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by the assistant designer. The person of interest. Yes. At least by our group. I'm, I'm going to see um, if she has a name. And then Jim uh, very adroitly pumps her for information. Yeah, and that's like the real cold read. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, because she's like, it's so, I can't believe that that was going on. He's like, yeah, it was terrible, wasn't it? Like, (laughs) what would you do in that situation? So this is great because you can see, Jim says, I really want to hear, um, what is it, Ian Levin? Mm -hmm. That, like, the the husband's, yeah. And she goes, what a load of bull or whatever. And he's like, she's She's embarrassed. Embarrassed. Mm -hmm. He goes, no, I know all about it. Yeah, establishes trust. Yeah. He's fallen into that trap where he says, I know all about it. So she assumes he does mm-hmm. and is not offering up Why information right. that he needs. And so he's trying to find a way. Mm-hmm. So he's like to get it in, to get it out. Yeah. What would you do in that situation? She goes, well, I change my hair color and leave him. And he's just like, what the <laughs> is going on? Yeah. Like I think it's it's heavily implied that like everyone knows that they were having an affair. The, the husband yeah. and, this, and this assistant. I think that's the implication. Yeah, but it is leaving us as an audience in kind of a state where like we might be surprised by like the real story. Yeah, yeah. Because it could. There's be, a lot of room. Yeah, which is nice. Um, there's a there's a, a little element here where there's a guy in a in a cot with like like a medical. Oh, yeah. Like kind oh, of gurney right, right. with like this, the, is, this is her dad. Yeah, the, uh, they're from Sicily. From Sicily, and he's clearly this is Ill. Fama's dad. Yeah, yeah. So part of that is a little bit of like I wonder if this is being established for later. 
Yeah. Or is this just for that Godfather joke? Yeah, so I thought it was a <laughs> it fun writes joke. Itself. Yeah, it was, but it, it was, was great. Or they're like, oh, the Godfather. He goes, yep, yeah, right there. Like, yeah. just. Right, because the husband comes up and he's like, oh, because the husband knows that he's the Godfather of Scott. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, oh, the Godfather. Okay. There he is. Waka waka. Um, but they kick him out. They kick him out uh, gently. They I surround think. him with people, though. They right? do, yeah. Several guys like oh, hustling him out, right. and, and and the chef the is chef comes beating up him with his oh, hat yes. on the way out. <laughs> That's good. That was good stuff. Which feels to me just like a yeah, we're just gonna do like just doing that for fun, and they're like, oh, let's just keep that in. Yeah, yeah, it, it did feel like a. Um, so he gets in the car. He pulls out a cell phone, <laughs> and he calls Dennis. Now I don't know if he actually had Dennis on the line or he, he calls Dennis and he I says, he yeah, and he's like, I think. I think I'm starting to, you know, see the picture yeah. of what's going on with Scott. And then there is a ominous gun come in the open window of the Firebird. Mm-hmm. And there is the sudden reappearance of Pine Tree. Yeah. Who follows up on the business in the diner in the morning mm-hmm. about him being the president of the Firebird. Right. Like, nice car. Yes. <laughs> is it for sale or? It's a classic. He's, well, just before that, he does the another classic, which is. We're going to hit Jim across the back of the head oh, and put yeah. him out. Like, yeah. there's just yes. that, that reboot switch. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's in the back of Jim's head. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Hit that well, that's, yeah. That's such a convention of, mm-hmm. of media. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. It's like, we knock somebody out and bump. Just hit him back of the head. Uh, and, then, and then, yeah, it's a classic. Yeah. So, I mean, like, what I'm saying is I'd like to read that as a commentary both uh, on the car and on the move like okay. to okay. knock Jim out. Jim might have a, he has a little bit of like, how did you, like, yeah. how did he follow me or how did you follow me or something like that? Yeah. So maybe we'll find out. These hit people are pretty good at following. Like, yeah. show up at the Zendo, show up at the funeral. <laughs> Although the funeral is pretty obvious. So. Yeah. I, let's get into the theories here because okay. we're going to probably go till the end. Yeah, we're going to watch the rest of it. But before we get into that, let's. Let's place our bets. Okay. Let's figure this out. I really think Pine Tree is independent of the main plot. I don't mm-hmm. think Pine Tree has to do with the murder. Yeah, I think, I, I think he's a ghost of Scott's past. Yeah, I think that the what has to do with the, that murder is probably the husband. He's just... I mean, we're talking coded. Mm-hmm. He's coded douchebag. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Mm, it's got to be him and... And the, the assistant. Assistant who's the probably the... Yeah. Oh, yeah, also... Who lost the money. Rockford. Oh, right. There's, yeah... New design. There's yeah. a plot yeah. point about, yeah, how they lost a bunch of money last year, like $30 yeah. million dollars on the youth line. Yeah. yeah. And, and Rockford, in this stretch that we watched, brought up the fact that she didn't look at him when she came into the room. Yeah, like he, he brought up the thing that we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> like, just in case you weren't paying attention, yeah. this was important. Yeah. Um, so is the Italian hit to cover, like, if Scott is dead, then he can't defend himself I think maybe, against the murder? I think maybe. Like, or is that also independent, or it's like, her dad thinks that he did it, and so this oh, makes like a sense. mafia. So yeah. Oh, that might be. I mean, simply again, it also echoes the family drama going on in, mm-hmm. in Dennis and Scott and um, Peggy's okay. family too. There's a silly family's trying to kill him, yeah. but badly. Yeah. Or let's go deep here. The husband and and uh, model hired a 
bad Sicilian hitman <laughs> yes. to make it look like it was a uh, this is a mafia thing to lick to lend just that air so of it's red herring. Yeah, if they think that he did it, then he must have done it. That that's what I was. I was. Yeah. I think there is something to him being bad at his job. Yeah. I think that it, it can't just be for comedy. Yeah, and so I'm wondering if it's something like that. If it turns out that he. Uh, thought he would get in good graces, or he's not enough oh, of a character like, yet for yeah. that to be the case. But we still have. I don't think we're going to see him. I don't think we're going to see him again. Yeah. I think he's a plot but, moment because I think there's something active that that douchebag is doing. Yeah, that Jim is going to uncover, and that's the only like widget that I see well, that makes sense. Right, because there's this piece of our puzzle here, which is the fact that Scotty has been harassing him. Right. Yeah. And like, is that, and has that whole thing been a setup right. to, yeah. to build to this point? Yeah. And exactly. We watched Scotty harass him in the very beginning, like run away from Jim to harass this guy. Yeah. Also, he focused on the guy. The guy. Yeah, the guy. Whereas yeah. when they talked to the couple, mm. the woman talked, uh, Fama talked about mm. having given them him some money yeah. and then being like, oh, that's all we can do. Mm. Yeah. So you'd think that. Scott would have been mad at both of them, but he wasn't mm-hmm. really. He was focusing on the guy, and he was wondering if the guy had died. So I think he's blackmailing the guy. Is that's? Um, I'm going to go back to that um, original. Why would he accost him in public? Well, he's not possible. subtle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, or has the guy been pushing his buttons intentionally to make him to make him do, do stuff oh, like that in public? To make him to give him the cover, yeah. right? And, uh, that's and a possibility. I can see it making sense because if if the husband was plotting to kill his wife, right, um, then he would want to have a patsy, right. so that the Italian mafia wouldn't come for him, right. So if he can mm-hmm. convince everybody oh, to think, think Scotty mm-hmm. had some reason to yeah. kill her, which really there isn't any motivation, yeah. Um, then he at least can sort of like step into the shoes of the business and not yes. have to worry and just about take over the business. Yeah. 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 I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I'm sold on that theory. All right. <laughs> All right. We, All right so let's we'll, put her through the chest. All right. <laughs> we'll reconvene in mere moments for you, dear listener. <laughs> yeah. And see how well we did. Feel free to watch it all the way to the end. Or if you've just not been paying attention to our weird conceit, you, you can just let it play. All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that sure was the end of a show. <laughs> that was. We okay. Let's let's just do the tally real quick here. <laughs> I was wrong about Pine Tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, M was right that uh, Scotty was a patsy. Yeah, Scotty was a patsy. Not he, in the just needed. He just traditional. Yeah. <laughs> and you were right that he just needed um, structure. Structure. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was right that we would never see that uh, yeah, the mafia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mer- uh, hitman again. He was gone. Uh, okay. Where we last left Rockford, mm-hmm. he had been pistol whipped. Right. Uh, but that wasn't a pistol whipping. That was not compared a, to what's coming to him. Yes. Uh, Pine Tree has thrown Rockford in the back of a white van, mm-hmm. is driving him out into a, a valley to threaten him. Pine Tree has this wonderful affectation where he gets facts wrong all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm um, wondering if it's because he makes a point of that he got his information from the internet. I wonder yeah. if they're like <laughs> casting shade mm-hmm. on the internet. <laughs> Henry. Henry's got something to say in case... The listeners at home wanted to know there are no buttons in our couch. <laughs> All right. Well, the, the Henry Entertainment. Yeah, we'll leave, we'll leave that interlude. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so he doesn't get facts. The 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 he mixes up little details. Like yeah. he says Sean Decker instead of or Becker instead of yeah, yeah. Scott. Yeah, and he's like he's your nephew, not the godson. Doesn't Jim get him started on getting it wrong? Because Jim's like, weren't you looking for Mrs. Levine, which is the husband's name, but not mm-hmm. Fama? Like there yeah. was like or the other way around. Or but anyways. And then Jim like goes through and corrects him on three different things. Yeah, yeah. I think it culminates with. With him referring to uh, Scott Becker as Beckford, and then calling himself out for it, <laughs> <laughs> which is good stuff. Really, since we came back, you know, from that commercial, yeah, it's kind of one long, yeah, scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's like he takes him to the to the valley to threaten him, and then uh, in the middle of nowhere, yeah. Rockford says the body's being found a year later, yeah. Rockford says... We, we find out that he's specifically... Jim says something like, you know, I, I have a little Cherokee in me if that matters at all. And I think he says he's like Flingit or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, like it's a very specific, like, like Pacific Northwest tribal affiliation. And he's like, we have a different set of concerns. He, Rockford lures him back to his house. Right, he says that he's they're, they're keeping Scott at his house. yeah. And then they get in the house, and Scotty's not there. And this is all just Jim playing for time, which we've seen, you know, as a traditional Jim maneuver. As long as I can extend the time before they actually yeah. right. pull the trigger, there's still something. I can make something happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Jim makes his play uh, for the cookie jar. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, my low blood sugar, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I haven't eaten in 12 hours. But Pine Tree isn't having it. No. <laughs> He's on top of that. Yep, he sees that there's the gun in the cookie jar. We get some Pine Tree backstory mm-hmm. that makes him hate P.I.s <laughs> and want to take it out on Jim. Yeah, that was our theory, too, that this is a backdoor um, yeah. pilot for the... <laughs> for, for this strangely overdeveloped character. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, we get all of this in about two minutes at the end of the episode. Right. Uh, and then probably because the people involved here are thinking, wow, we really like Pine Tree. Mm-hmm. We're afraid that the audience is going to really like Pine Tree. <laughs> We're going to make him commit the cardinal sin, mm-hmm. which is where Pine Tree picks up a picture yes. of Rocky mm-hmm. and says, is this Scotty's real dad? She's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. And Jim says, no, that's my dad. And he smashes it. And in our room, mm-hmm. audible gas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's established in there that Pine Tree is responding to, like, basically a bounty that's been put out on Scott by the Godfather, by Elizabeth's father. And he got it through the internet. (laughs) And so Jim says, what, there's... There's a murderforhire.net. <laughs> so I looked it up, and there is not, in fact, a website called murderforhire.net, <laughs> which is probably good, but... If was we, it .net or .org? I'll, well, I'll check both. I typed in .net, so I think that's what he said. Uh, no, those both appear to be open, so if we, oh, need, so if we need alternative URLs <laughs> to <laughs> redirect to the show, uh. murderforhire.net.org. <laughs> Are both oh. available. Oh, that's good. You want to go there? Really, <laughs> really, really, really don't think you want to go there. Um, but yeah, I love that there's internet jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're like the internet exists. So they collect so, Scotty. Yeah. So so Pine Tree sees a, a, a the flyer for right for the Zen temple, temple. and so 
they go there, and yeah, and there's a joke in the cut because Jim says, "What do you think that he would just stay in a totally unprotected sanctuary yeah. for months?" <laughs> and then we just cut to Pine Tree with the gun in his hand, like approaching, like like oh, a serial right, yeah. killer camera, like yeah. approach, approaching Scott as he's raking. So. There it is. So then they both have their mouths taped and they're in the back of the van. Mm-hmm. And they're brought to... I'm going to get the name of this... Back to the house. Yeah. The Don Gattiano? Don, Don Gattano. Where he's staying. Which we know is not his place, but somebody else's or something yeah. like that. Is that like producer's mansion or whatever? Yeah. It's the same location as the, 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 funeral. Yeah, the funeral stuff. All right. So we have... So first this of all, this is where I feel like we go into the Agatha Christie. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. It becomes like a yeah, like a parlor whodunit. Everyone yeah. is brought together. Yeah. Who, who you know? So okay, there's yeah. the Don. The Don has a nurse or two. Right. Uh, the Don also has uh, goons. Goons that are non-speaking roles, but right. they ostensibly only know Italian. Right. Right. Then we have Ian. Who knows Italian and English and a little French as we'll find out. That is the husband of the murdered woman. Yes. And then we have, oh yeah, I was wrong about who did the murder. Uh, <laughs> then we have, this is why I'm not a detective in a whodunit. We Jim have Scott, Pine, Tree, Pine Tree. Yeah, Jim and Scott. And Pine Tree is presenting the, the Jim and Scott to the Don and is basically saying, like, here, I have found the person that has killed your, your daughter, just like you want it. Uh, I will, you want me to kill him here, or I'll take him somewhere else, whatever works for you. <laughs> I'll take him somewhere else and video record it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, but, yeah. Everything, He's a modern, a modern yeah. <laughs> Everything that's said has to be translated by Ian. Right. Mm-hmm. Who we all know. Is the murderer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's really great. I mean, it's a lot of it's played for comedy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's actually like as a technique, it's like it's really kind of dramatic and compelling because the, the power at play here, yeah. like the Don is is absolutely in charge, but he's dying. Yeah, right. He is the weakest person in the room, but also he's literally wheeled in. Yeah, yeah. And they have a bit of a gag where it takes a really long time, like. Oh, right. Yeah. To, like, raise his head. Yeah. So, the person with power over life and death that everyone is appealing to is literally in his deathbed. Mm -hmm. Ian, the murderer, who probably out of everyone here has the least amount of power except that he's doing the translation. Right. He is the locus through which all communication needs to go. Yeah. You have Pine Tree, who is, as we've said throughout the show, established as the threat, like mm-hmm. he is, like well, maybe not the threat, but like very competent. Competent. Yeah. He's yeah. he's he's the one who's going to be able to to do this. And then you have uh, Jim and Scotty, and Jim's in his element. Yeah. Like, things are unstable. <laughs> yeah, and that's where Jim thrives. <laughs> there's this moment, like I, I guess we won't give a play by play of what happens here, but there's this moment where. It really does look like Scotty's going to get executed, and uh, he starts to tear up, and he's talking to Jim, and Jim's like, don't do that. Don't do that in front of these people. Mm-hmm. Like, And like, then puts like a reassuring hand on his like, like, I'll get you through yeah, this. You got this. But like... <laughs> like, <laughs> you got to work with me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can't show weakness yeah. like, in this way. And one of the things I love about this scene is we're all on the edge of our seat 
to find out what the Don's going to decide. Yeah. And to find out if Jim can can communicate to the Don without Ian. Uh, there is a point where Jim is like, tell him what I said. Yeah. I just accused you of murder. <laughs> and uh, Ian's like, blah, 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 blah. And, and, and Jim's like, what are you giving him, the soccer game? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and eventually we have to bring in the Katinka. Katinka? Right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the Don, Katinka. Katinka. The Don eventually cuts out Ian. Yeah. yeah. He's getting enough of a conversation where he mm-hmm. just points to Rockford and says, you talk. Yeah. Yeah. So as an audience member, there's the different, because it's not giving us subtitles and stuff, right? Yeah. Like yeah. the point of this is to, is so that we are in a state of uncertainty about what the Don right. knows or understands. And there's pieces of the conversation that we're understanding. Like at one point before Ian gets the finger pointed mm-hmm. at him, he actually says to the Don that Jim is completely innocent. And we yeah. understand those two words in Italian. Yeah. Like, yeah. Completo innocente or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So there's little pieces that we're understanding, but it's sort of like from Jim's point of view. Yeah. Like we're understanding as much of the Italian as Jim might be. And this is also, this is like a, a motif of this movie, communication barrier, and then people kind of just like wing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like Angel is doing that with Spanish the whole right. time, yeah. like just kind right. of like throwing in one or two Spanish sounding words and just yeah. assuming that people would understand. And like Scott and uh, Raimundo, right. kind of yeah. like they have a conversation without them without really being able to understand each other. Um, so yeah. and, and sure. Dennis and Scott, <laughs> right? <laughs> that just keeps coming back. Uh, but yeah. So uh, so eventually they do bring in uh, the. The assistant, yeah. the other designer, and it's and it's Pine Tree who has to go do go all get this. Yeah. <laughs> like he's the one doing the legwork. And there's this great moment where you feel like everyone's just sitting there in dead silence, waiting for well, Pine Tree to come back. And they're watching soccer. Someone's oh right, yes, soccer. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so, good. <laughs> so yeah, she comes in, and then uh, you know she was different than I expected. Yeah, she wasn't like a cold stone cold bitch. Right, she was, right. She was actually seemingly genuinely um, sad about her yeah. boss dying and her role mm-hmm. in whatever had happened. Yeah. So she seems like she had no knowledge of the murder. Yeah. So she she tearfully she takes his hand and tearfully confesses to the affair. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's like the key. That's like what the Don wants to establish. And Ian's defense is. You're European. You're European. <laughs> you understand. Sure, you take a mistress, but that doesn't mean you don't love your wife. Uh, so it's all out there. This is, I think, the most brilliant moment <laughs> where everyone's case has been made. It's all out there. We're ready for the Don's judgment. And we sit there. Pine Tree is saying, okay, which one do you want me to yeah, yeah. He says it like Just four times. <laughs> he's like... He's like, I mean, like he wants his money, yeah. like, and and he's like, just I just need to know what to do. I'll do it, and then we're done. Yeah. And we're staring at the Don, and it is the lady or the tiger, right? <laughs> like the Don has died, and we'll never know <laughs> who he has decided to have killed. <laughs> this is good news for Scotty. Right. Pine Tree is like, okay, all right. Is anybody here authorized <laughs> to pay me? <laughs> to pay me? <laughs> Someone tell me, like, clearly Pine Tree's not going to get any money off of this. And, uh... I was trying to figure out, why did they introduce Pine Tree? 
right? But like they Adam. couldn't have this situation if they had an Italian yeah. killer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Having the killer, the um, the assassin that was hired by him, be out of the picture mm-hmm. creates this. Right. Yeah. This no. This totally is great. Different dynamic yeah. than if yeah. they just had somebody who was just going to kill Scotty mm-hmm. because you know, he was supposed to, who did wouldn't care or, or wouldn't have mm-hmm. the, the the communication breakdown. So yeah, it made that all possible. He's a, he's a great inclusion, and like I said, the, this this whole scene leading up to the Don's death is just this wonderful balance of like everyone both having the upper hand and not is good stuff. It ends with a little bit of action. Right. Well, cause basically Jim oh, calls yeah, out, Ian, don't think this solves your problem. We all know you killed her now. <laughs> <laughs> of all of Jim's moves, that was not the smartest, right? Like yeah, Jim yeah. should just just, let him just go walk away and the get the cops in. But like, but then we don't get the the, the comeuppance. Yes, yes, yes. And the the Jim moment of guidance at the end of that. Yeah. Right. So Jim sets off that. Ian runs. Jim says, "Get him, Scotty." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the moment Scotty's been waiting for. Yeah, he yeah. can actually take decisive action. And, uh, and this is something. after he's had kind of this semi-tearful confessional with Jim. Oh, yeah. Just kind of sitting there waiting for stuff to happen. Yeah. Where he's like, yeah, this, this Zen thing isn't really working out so well. Yeah. Like, we're both like, yeah, and you were totally right. <laughs> he's been smoking mm. and like going to watch TV when he should be raking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So he, can, he he tackles him and he starts beating on him and just before you think he's going to beat him to death, Jim grabs his hand and smiles. <laughs> Stops him. Yeah. Like that—that's what this kid needs, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like he just doesn't know where mm-hmm. the lines are. He doesn't know what he should do, he's, and yeah. then when he does things, he doesn't know how to do them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of what's yeah. Happening. Jim. Jim grabs him by the hand and says, "It looks like what you need is a job that allow you to do violence oh. for the state, <laughs> but with the instructor." We're not going to blame Jim. No, no. I think there's a familial okay. influence here. So, cut to one year later. Right. <laughs> one year later at police academy graduation. Yes. Yeah. This is one of the most like egregious examples of and justice was served. Yeah. Question mark. Yes. Like, we assume that this, you know, gets introduced. I mean, Scott becomes a cop, so obviously he doesn't go to jail for murder. Right. So one assumes that, as happens so frequently in the Rockford Files, justice is yeah. is quietly served in the background. It feels like it's intended to be a happy ending, but we as audience members know that Scotty's main thing is that he's a ne'er-do-well, <laughs> and ne'er-do-well joining the police force mm. is bad news. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, aside from that. <laughs> but Vector seems to be happy yeah. saying, like, it was in front of us all along. Yes. Like, <laughs> nobody saw this obvious solution to this problem. It's like, hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, that, that was a fun episode. Movie. Episode movie. Epa movie. Epa movie. Um, yeah. It, the, I feel like the, the final act was like a real swerve. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. I guess we're still heading there. I mean, you can see yeah. how it all comes. Oh yeah, no, it wasn't like uh, yeah, it wasn't a total like where did that come from? But yeah. all of our carefully constructed theories. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like well because it actually it didn't go into the details of the of the murder. Yeah, yeah we don't we, know anything. We still about... don't know how it happened. What yeah. was the murder weapon? I, we don't he know. says like Jim has one line where he says like you beat her to death or oh, something, okay. but. That's still a little... Yeah. Wait, so we haven't proved that she isn't the murderess. 
I guess that's the I'm, implication. I think that's the implication. You see, uh, it's sure people have implied a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> right, there's still a lot of room for the yeah for headcanon about she, what exactly. She shows up and turns on the waterworks mm-hmm. just to get him in trouble because yeah. <laughs> yeah, she thinks her life is. I mean, she was taken from wherever she was, dragged with a right. in like a in like a nightgown. Yeah. She had time to put together her story. That's what you're saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but this this episode is uh, it's a family drama, right? So yeah, like yeah. so the the beats that we got are the ones that are reinforcing, you know, because at the end yeah. of the dawn, it's his love for his daughter, right? right like that's right, right. his motivation. While we were watching that last bit, I I was actually thinking it had been a while since we saw Dennis. Well, he kind of launches Jim into the last third of the movie. Yeah, yeah. He, like, the lieutenant says, you can't come back. I don't want you ever to be in this. I think your son did it. And that's the moment where then, like, Dennis begs Jim to do the rest. Yeah. And you're right. We don't see him after yeah, I mean uh, th- that that's basically it. It was interesting to me that they that it went that route. Well, because we did need to see like Jim doing Jim stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, yeah. I really dug that whole ending scene. Like that, <laughs> that would if if you made a movie out of that, yeah, you could. Oh, like you said, like wait, you said at the Agatha Christie situation where it's like, yeah, just yeah. Like, you just start with that premise and then like yeah. you let all of the backstory unfold through yeah. the like everyone trying to communicate to the one like power. Holder. Yeah, yeah, and just see like, yeah, no, it's a yeah. great setup. It's a, no, it's great. The structure is really, really fantastic. I think some of the content. It's a little campy for me, like, mm. yeah. especially because it kind of didn't start out that campy. It kind of camped up a little bit yeah. over right, the course right. of the movie. But, you know, the humor also kind of ratcheted up, so that was part of it. I can it forgive good. it a lot of that because there was a lot of just compelling yeah. dramatic stuff underlying everything. Rockford's not grimdark. Yeah, exactly. It was not a grimdark time. Yeah. You know, so having levity mm. of this type in mixed into right. the like existential <laughs> angst. Yeah. And I feel like with, made sense. Yeah. I feel like with these nineties movies, they struggle with that particular dynamic a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. cause in the nineties is when everything decides to do the gritty. Yeah. Reboot. It starts like tilting and, over to, but, but what we had prior stuff. is things like I'll be back. You know, so like yeah, they yeah, had mm-hmm. to have the jokes that everybody would talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, is it the first one or the second one that had the ball player that was part of a satan? The, oh, they tried the to imply one. they were part of a satanic cult. Yeah, like it definitely felt like the Rockford Files it was or, like addressing issues. Yeah, or including things that were. Of the kind that yeah. you, you would you would have now. Um, I honestly really thought that this one like I, I think some of the previous movies we've been like okay waiting for them to get good. Yeah, and I think yeah. this one is just like yeah, this is a just a Rockford stride. Yeah, this is a for nice, sure. There's a little bit of I think extra content to get it to the movie length. Yeah, that yeah. that's like, the thing. Like I, I think uh, Maybe talking to a chef for a while, right? And we're talking about how like Angel, like well, super fun. I'm glad Angel's in this, movie. yeah. But there's also a lot of Angel business that is yeah. completely tangential to the plot, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, eh. um, but uh, that's not really a criticism. It, it's it more just an observation. Yeah, gracing us with character notes. 
Mm-hmm. And then having a bunch of stuff that's a little bit like red herring-ish. Yeah, yeah. there are a lot of red herrings kind and, of... And reflected the... Like, you were talking about how the language barriers, it reflected... Yeah. Like, it felt like it fit into the motifs of yes. things, yeah, even, exactly. even if it wasn't a plot yeah. part. Yeah, it's all so it's coherent. coherent. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Torch buddies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. Um, um, so there's probably a good script at the heart of this. Oh. It was based on characters that are well developed and well played. You know, like I think yeah. that's what we're seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that it's a well crafted mm-hmm. story, and then the the weaker parts were sort of like era. Yeah, kind of like of the time. Yeah, kind of or or I think kind of like we're having fun with this. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. just like <laughs> let's have uh, Jim and Angel drive around for a while. Totally. Why wouldn't we do that? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. The, I think the last thing I wanted to say is that this was, I'm glad that we did this approach. Oh, this recording right. pattern for, for this episode, uh, or this movie, because, uh, this was a kind of one to one gym audience knowledge. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So like we really only knew stuff as gym knew stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we couldn't do this with one where we have more knowledge than Jim does, but then that would be more talking about like dramatic irony and right. you know that kind of stuff. And here, we legitimately at each of the breaks, as you heard, <laughs> yeah. kind of like like, all right, here's where we think this is gonna yeah, go. Yeah, what's and happening? Then, and then like, no, we yeah. can't get there because <laughs> we're just not a not as smart as Jim, uh, which is fun. I specifically didn't get there because I was... You were too hung up on your theory. I was too overthinking. Like, I was doing the, like, it can't be that straightforward. Mm-hmm. It's a television mystery. <laughs> well, I Whereas was... Jim's like... It, it's almost always the... the yeah, 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 he literally says it. It's like, it's got to be him. Let's just find it out. Well, and, I was way overanalyzing the, the mechanics of the motive. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's like... I, I love that stuff where it's like, we really, we really can track A to B to see of like why everyone did what they did. Oh, right, and yeah. And like, this episode did not care about that very much. Like, <laughs> no, he did it. Yeah. Let's just go from that premise. It's like... Great. Here, here we are. Excellent. Uh, well, uh, thank you for joining us, Emily. It was great to be here. That's it's great. Fun to get to be in suspense. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and that was a fun watch. And uh, yeah, thanks for going in on this experiment. Yeah, happy. It was a lot of fun. We live figured out what we were doing. <laughs> uh, do you, I mean, do you feel that we've earned? I, I feel like we've probably earned a. 90s era $300 <laughs> for this day for, for our, uh, our three detectives here. So, all right. Sounds good. So, uh, I guess with that, we will, as always, uh, or until we run out of episodes, <laughs> be back next time to talk about another uh, episode. Oh, wait. Did I jump it? Of the Rocker Files. Oh, no. Damn it. Three, two, one. Bye-bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>